And welcome, everybody, to Lunacy Podcast, brought to you by Roughneck Scarves. My name is Tony. I'm here with Dave and David. Dave Stevens, David Sterling. I am Tony Pervenanzi. Uh, Connor is off again this week. Um, again, he has a very important, very important going on last Sunday, and uh, he's decided to take another podcast off, which is totally cool. Um, so he'll be back hopefully next week uh, for our. Well, guys, I think next week we're gonna do we're gonna try to do a podcast right after the um, decision day game. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he'll be back for that. But um, yeah, so uh, David is back again this week. Uh, like I said, he'll be around uh, most more often than not. I'm guessing, depending on what's going on in Florida, unless it's a hurricane or something, right? I mean, well, hurricane. Yeah, you could probably. I'll I'll go outside and yeah, do it. Yeah. That'd be that'd be great. That'd be awesome. Just get just get an umbrella and. <laughs> um, now, yeah. Now, aren't we? Yeah, aren't we kind of getting out of uh, hurt or hurt? Yeah, I mean, like hurricane season typically, yeah. anyways. So we're we're yeah. getting into that. Yeah, season, yeah. Storm so. season ends at the end of October. So yeah. yeah. Um, well, good for David. Go from hurricanes to up here today. Uh, I we had flurries at my house today. Seriously. Yeah, I saw one. I saw yeah. one on the way home from work. Yep. I saw a couple. Yep. I think for the, yep. the first couple that I've seen, anyways. So yeah, I was stunned. Yeah, but then again, next weekend it's supposed to be in the mid fifties. So who knows? You know, who? I mean, yeah, you know, I was uh, I was concerned about sweating on the way to pick up Liesel from school. So <laughs> sweating. Um, I mean, I this morning though it was only sixty one this morning. Only well, it's chilly out there. Let me tell you. Uh, of course, guys, it was Halloween yesterday. Um, and those of us with kids, myself and David, of course, our kids are at different stages of our lives. Uh, David has to actually take his kids around. I don't have to do that anymore. You know, I can just let them go and do my bonfire and drink with my neighbors, which is great. Um, David, you were texting us yesterday saying that uh, most of the parents were just walking around drinking, which. I mean, that's fine. I don't have a problem yeah. with that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I thought it was pretty cool. You know, we, yeah. we've never really done trick or treating too much, actually, um, mm-hmm. since Liesel's just now kind of old enough to do it. Yeah. And uh, it was it was interesting being in this big community and people would just literally wander around with their kids. Like everybody would have the, uh, the candy out at the end of the driveway so you didn't have to go up to the door and oh nice you literally just wander down the street and parents had mugs of something right or they had literally cans of beer or bottles of beer nice um i saw some people with slushies which i'm guaranteeing was had to be alcohol i'm sure um yeah i mean it was and then we had a few houses that were actually giving away adult beverages to the adults hopefully um so yeah it was it was pretty cool we do that with the with the beer. We've got the cooler next door and the fire, and uh, we always let the parents want one. They can have one. Uh, most parents say no. Some parents say okay, um, which is fine. Uh, I'm sure, D- Dave, did you do some trick-or-treating last night, Dave? You know, I, I was thinking about it, uh, but uh, I think due to the fact that the Vikings game was going to be on later, oh, yeah. I've yeah. kind of been out and about running a few errands prior to that you know i just ended up settling in for the evening and i was prepared uh fully prepared lights on bought some candy mm-hmm. put up a couple of decorations sure uh, fully prepared to hand out candy to the trick-or-treaters that may may or may not stop by and uh, i uh, was left with a goose egg no trick-or-treaters wow which 
for where I live is not in, unprecedented. It's happened no. a couple times over the years that I've lived here, but usually, and it's, it's such a wild card. I, I, I've, got, I've received anywhere from zero, like I did last night, to mm-hmm. I don't know, thirty-five trigger triggers. Oh. So I never. I mean, I don't have to go out and buy the store. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I always like to be somewhat prepared with candy, and uh, yeah. So now, unfortunately, I'll have to eat it all. There you go. Well, that's fine. Unless your kids need some more candy that, you know, they didn't uh, no, 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 no. We, you know, we get about 100 to 150 kids through our neighborhood. Hmm. Uh, but of course, the newer neighborhoods in my in my area now are getting all the kids because, you know, newer houses, they're closer together. So you get more houses. Our houses are a little farther apart. So, you know, there's that. These kids are smart. You know, they want to go down the street that has the most houses on it, and get the most bang for their buck. Um, right. So, um. Before we get into our beers, guys, I wanted to tell you guys a quick funny story because all three of us were involved in this. Remember the mm-hmm. home opener where we walked, tried to walk from Dual Citizen to Lake Monster? Of course, clearly. Yeah. And we couldn't yeah. get through that whole because Google Map told us we could get through and we couldn't do it, right? Right. And it was supposed to be like less than a mile, and we probably yeah. ended up walking close to two miles, I think, to get yeah. Right, yeah. where we needed to go. So so Last weekend, a uh, young kid at my work, uh, John, I call him JV because his last name is Bazinga, so I call him JV. He stopped in my office and he's like, are you going to the Loons game this weekend? And I said, no, I'm going to the, uh, that was the, the day of the Gopher game. Um, and I said, no, I'm not. He's like, okay, well, I, we're going to the Loons game. I said, well, are you going to Dual Citizen beforehand? He's like, yeah, we're going to Dual Citizen, a couple other places. I'm like, great. He's like, is there any other breweries around that you guys have been to? I said, yes, we've been to Lake Monster, which is actually fairly close. But remember, here's a here's a trick though. Google Maps will tell you you can walk through this area, this industrial area, but you can't. There's 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 uh, fences up there. There's roads that go into dead ends. It's just don't do it. Go out to university and then come down. You know, I told him that right. He comes in on Monday. Comes in my office Monday morning and says, "Yeah, I didn't. I didn't remember what you told me. I totally screwed up." I said, "Are you are you kidding me?" He's like, "Yeah," and it was even worse than you when what you told me because I told him our whole story. I said, "What happened?" He goes, "Well, well, they decided to go to Dual Citizen after the game as well." Okay, then they were of course drunk at that point, so he's like, "Hey, let's go to Lake Monster." So they're all drunk, and he forgot what I told him. So it's dark. They're walking to Lake Monster. <laughs> There's security guards over there after hours. They're like chasing them down. My guy from work falls on his shoulder, rips his pants, climbing over a fence. <laughs> He's like, it was not a good time. Well, of course, this kid's like in his you know mid twenties, so yeah, you know. But yeah, I told him, don't even try it, and he did. So yeah, and perhaps not run. Maybe that that yeah. doesn't make you look any less guilty. Put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I told him, I'm like, why did you run from the security guards? Because they were just telling you you couldn't go a certain way. It's like they didn't give a shit, you know, really. Um, but uh, he's like, oh, they were coming after us. I said, oh, okay, mm, whatever. So, yeah, <laughs> lesson learned by that kid, I'll tell you. Mm. So, we have beers today, guys. It is Monday. It is November 1st. Um beers let me see how about well i know strong's gonna have one from florida how about you dave what are you drinking tonight i'm pretty excited because i you know i've been talking about it over the last few podcasts and i I was i wasn't complaining but i just had made the note that i haven't you know had a beer from a new brewery in in quite some time just because that list is i mean there's plenty of breweries out there but i've just been going back to my old faves 
since I got back from China, but I will say I got a new, I got a beer from a new brewery, at least for me. I, we, we drink so many beers in this podcast. I can't be hundred percent sure if you guys or maybe Connor didn't uh, have one already, but I got a beer from the Big Axe Brewing Company up in Nisswa, Minnesota. Oh so, yeah, Big Axe. Yeah, Big Axe. Yeah, and Big Axe just, uh, just uh, I guess it'd be just, well, Nisswa, just north of uh, Gold Lake up in that area, yep. a beautiful area. Um, so I got their Axe Kicker um, from Big Axe, which is nice. their double IPA. And so I will just describe this one. This one, if you're ever up there, it is. It can be found on tap. I got this one. Fortunately for Big Axe, they they are being distributed in I would say more than a handful of, of breweries across the metro. I mean, they're not everywhere, but they're just looking at the list. There's probably ten in the area, the Twin Cities. And uh, anyways, this is their double IPA. And um, I'm someone who don't I don't drink too many double double IPAs too often, but uh, I would I would just describe this as a beer. For people who like drinking beer because this is not uh this is not a crusher this is not a light beer in fact um clocks in at nine percent abv and 100 ibu so this is definitely well definitely qualifies as a double ipa um it's i'd say it's very very hoppy um it's just i, I mean not overwhelmingly so that's why i said it's a beer for people who like to drink beer um but yeah it, it's very good it's very well made um, and it's for as hoppy as it is with that 100 IBU, it's um, it's very easy to drink uh, if you're used to that kind of a beer. So, yeah, I, I really like it. It's definitely more of a sipper, though, at 9%. But, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll see it around some more because I mm. like it. So, yeah, my aunt and uncle actually live up in uh, Nisswa, so nice. Gold Lake. So, uh, yeah, if I'm ever up there, I'll have to remember Big Axe Brewing. 9% will kick your ass, Dave. It will, yeah. Kick so, you know, one, one, one 12 ounce can, maybe two, and should do you mm-hmm. yeah all right david what do you got today so i went to big storm brewing company um so they're actually out of clearwater florida um they have a part of their brewery and tap room is in um cape coral florida which is of course right across the river from fort myers where i live um fantastic brewery um it's got a ton of beers on tap uh, really the entire broad spectrum it's really great um highly recommended as well if anybody's ever down here uh the cool thing about them is they actually happen to be a main sponsor of the tampa bay routing so um that's that's kind of cool it's got a little soccer connection here um and of course, the Rowdies are a USL championship. And so that's a cool little connection. Um, I think Tampa will, I might talk more about the Rowdies once the season starts next year, um, yeah. just to fill in some space. Um, cool, cool connection. Um, so the beer that I got was called the Wave Maker. It's an amber ale. And I'm actually not a big amber fan, but the, uh, the uh, waitress told me that I had to try this because it's one of their newer beers. This thing is phenomenal. Um, one of the best beers hands down I've ever had. Nice. Um, wow. It's at 5.4%. It's a, a bunch of two row malts, um, really smooth. It's got a hint of Munich and um, caramel malts or chocolate malts, sorry. And it, it's got kind of this like, caramely um 
I think they say toffee. It's really just smooth, smooth drinking beer. Um, phenomenal. It's, yeah, can't say anything more about it than that. It's just a really great, great beer. And their advertising or their labeling is just fantastic. You guys got to see um, one other beer yesterday. I think <laughs> it was yesterday that I yep. texted you guys a picture of. Um, yeah, everything about them, they're just a really well done, well done brewery. They, they also, along with the Rowdies, they also are partners with um, the Threshers, which is um, Philadelphia Phillies Class A, and then also the Marauders, which is the Pirates Class A. Oh, wow. Um, hmm. So a pretty cool sports connection. Um, yeah, this one is uh, 28 IBUs, the website says, um, so it's really low. Um, it is just, like I said, it's killer. You could easily go through a six pack of this and eat. Um, but I think they only come in four packs. Not anything, but, so you easily go through a four pack and they eat. Um, really good. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty right. high praise then you, you, for yeah. the amount of beers that we drink on this podcast. That's awesome. High, yeah. Very high praise. And then, yeah, the Rowdy's Connection is awesome. Longtime nemesis of the uh, loons. And I guess you go back, back to, yeah. you know, the stars. and A number of years ago. Yeah, years you, they go back years. So yeah, interesting, yep. cool. Well, great. Uh, I actually have a beer from a well brewery. I think I've done before. It is a Portage Brewing Company in uh, Walker, Minnesota, all the way up there. But it's a new beer from them that I haven't had before, and it is their coffee cake, uh, blonde ale, and it's an ale with Portage coffee, vanilla beans, and uh, Cylon cinnamon. So um, it is a very interesting beer, David. It is very interesting. You, you, you taste hints of the coffee. You got a little vanilla in there. You got a little, just a little hint of cinnamon. It's very smooth. It goes down well. I think it's like 5.5%. Um, so Dave, you might actually like this because there's, you know, there's a coffee yeah, taste to it. I was just going to say that's right up my alley. It sounds mm-hmm. awesome. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't wait to try it. I'll have to keep my eye out for that one for sure. And it's not like, you know, some of these coffee ones and they're a little, you know, a little heavier, a little darker. Uh, this being a blonde ale, I mean, you could go through like three or four of these, no problem, you know, no issues with that. So, yeah, again, uh, from Portage Brewing Company up in Walker, um, I've had their stuff before and it's it's good stuff. You can find it. I know I find it around here all the time. So, yeah. Oh, I'm, you're putting me on this. Well, you're not putting me on the spot, but I'm putting myself on the spot. I'm trying to think, I, I speaking of blonde ale that have those, a blonde ale that has those coffee notes. I think I've had you know, one a little more local to here. I want to say it's Insight that does that, but uh, mm-hmm. off the top of my head, I cannot think of the, there is a blonde ale with the coffee notes that I do like, but uh, yeah, yeah, so I can tell you as far as blonde ales, coffee is not a bad combination. You wouldn't think oh. it, but not at, all. Works. not at all. It works. Yeah. You uh, know, actually, I should also point out, I texted you guys this picture when I was at the brewery, mm-hmm. uh, the bar right next to the brewery painted on the wall and blazing was Miami. Uh, whatever, whatever the oh yeah, hell, or whatever Miami team's called. Yep, um, the flamingos. Had, yeah, the flamingos. Uh, no, I mean it's like what? What is their name? Seriously, how do I not know this? Inter Miami FC. Yeah, Inter Miami FC. There we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was pretty cool. That's the first um, bit of non-Tampa Bay uh, soccer I've seen in the area. Well, yeah, and, that's um, cool. I mean, I don't know if that's cool, but we were asking you that kind of what's the soccer uh feeling like down there what's yeah. the atmosphere down like as far as yeah. soccer is concerned i think you know what not it is it is the i don't know if their nickname is truly the flamingos or goes like uh for madison fc 
but mm-hmm. uh, speaking of them, but they in their logo, correct me if I'm wrong, they have like a couple pink flamingos. Well, I they? think they're actually are they flamingos or are they pelicans? Oh, I don't even okay. know. I'm not I mean, seriously, these sea going these sea going mm-hmm. birds. I'm not an expert. To, yeah, to be I fair. don't have no idea. Um, and it honestly, being a you know, being on a soccer podcast, we should probably know this about the ML, other MLS teams, but um. Yeah, I mean, that was the first, I mean, that was like the legitimate first bit of uh, soccer presence I've seen because obviously it was, I mean, it was the entire height of the wall, which had to be 15 feet. And it was, I mean, it was pretty big. Um, Mm -hmm. So they obviously took time. And I mean, it was, it was legit. So somebody stenciled it or something. I mean, it was, yeah. Nice. Well, um, guys. Uh, we have to get away from all the good talk and now we have to do some bad talk because the yeah. loons, the loons had two games this week, one crappy game and one not crappy game. So we got to talk about the crappy game first. And that was on Wednesday against well, Vancouver. That was last week. So it's only, yeah. there's only been one game this week so far. Come on. Well, the schedule's not that sure, condensed. Sure. Yeah. I'm <laughs> Actually, sorry. I'm joking. Sorry. It's Monday. It was, uh, yeah, no, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I remember the, the only downer going into that game was, well, was that, you know, the Loons were kind of riding, they they had, what, a seven-game, a three-game unbeaten streak, I believe, coming off yeah. the draw to LAFC. Uh, they were mm-hmm. riding pretty high, but, I mean, as, as packed as the West is, as far as standings are concerned, it was a huge game. So the downer is the game didn't start till 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. on Wednesday evening. For It's not especially late for me, but for some of us, especially those of us on the East Coast, that does get pretty late, pretty fast, but uh, yeah, exciting game because it meant, it meant all oh, we've been saying this over and over, but it means, yeah. it, it means so much. It, every game has a feeling of a must win, whether it is technically a must win or not, whether it's an elimination game or not for either side, yep. yeah. every game has that just massive, massive, massive feeling. And everybody knows that the players coaches, you can tell. Um, so yeah, yeah, just a reminder, this was the game that uh, I almost forgot because it feels like it's been forever, even though it has been only just not even a week ago that this was the game that uh, Gasper had to miss because of uh, accumulation, I believe. Yep. That's correct. That's correct. So yep. in his place, they put Hassani Dotson, which kind of surprised was, me. Yeah, it was, that was terrifying selection. Um, I mean, I, we've seen him earlier this season on the left as a winger and mm-hmm. he just disappeared. I mean, yep. he didn't even impact the match. Um, and so I think I, I texted you guys right away that I was like, if he plays like he did on the left wing, this is going to be an ugly game. Yeah. Um, and it, because I mean, the reality is it's no, no offense to Hassani. It's just a really weird position to put him in. He's yeah. not, I mean, he's not even uh, designed. Oh, to be on the left. Right. So the fact that he's already out of position as a defender and then you put him on this on his weak side, it was just, yeah. 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 With, on that. Yeah. So we, of course, we don't have Gasper back there. We got Hassani Dotson. That means Ozzy's in the middle again, which has been okay. Ozzy's been, has, according to Heath, Ozzy's been like lights out the past well, six weeks or six I mean, games. and I, and I, I feel like I've been saying that too. And I mean, I know we've been going back and forth on our text messages. I think whether the reason, I mean, he, and the real, he, I was thrilled to see, he, you know, he got the goal against LAFC because we've been saying, we said that, you know, a pot or two ago that 
he, you know, I'm, it was nice to see him get a goal because he has played well. He's been extremely solid. We, we, maybe we'll get to it in a little more detail uh, when we talk about the SKC match. But I mean, he's he has been solid for uh, for a month and a half, and that's why I, we go back and forth. And I'm saying, well, I I was only surprised that Dotson was out left because I figured, you know, we've seen Dotson play the right, you know, filling in for Metnier. He's played the right back position. We David, you mentioned he played the winger position. I was a little surprised only because. Um, that we we've seen DJ Taylor have some success uh, playing in the left back position. I mm-hmm. thought we'd maybe see him there. Um, that being said, though, you know clearly, and this is what we went kind of go back and forth about. You can tell what Heath's thinking. He wants his best players on the field, and I I do agree with Heath. And Ozzy's played lights out, I think, for the last you know month and a half. And yeah, he, yes. So he deserves to be on the, in the starting eleven. He really does. And then you know, um, Dotson's Dotson. Uh, he's been say what you will. He's had some ups and downs this year. Dotson has, I feel, but he's been a a mainstay in the lineup. There's no doubt about that. So I, yeah, I mean, I was a little bit surprised only because of the position, but I guess I shouldn't be because that's what he wants to do. He wants his best players out on the pitch in big games. So I think that's what he was thinking. Yeah. So Really, guys, what we're going to do in this one, uh, we talked about earlier, we're just going to do a round table of it. We know they lost two to one. I mean, it is what it is. Most of our listeners know what happened in Vancouver. Um, I will say, I will say this. Um, it sucked to wake up the next day after I fell asleep at halftime. And uh, at halftime, we were only down by a goal. And I was like, oh, we're down by a goal. And I fell asleep. Then I woke up the next day and it's like, I looked at the score and it was two to one. I was like, oh, so depressing to wake up and have such bad news in the morning. Um, I did notice, guys, that uh, Jan Grigus made an appearance at the end of this game, which is surprising to me. Um, And we'll get into that when we talk about the SKC match, because Taylor Twelman mentioned Jan Grigus numerous times during the SKC match, which was interesting. Uh, But uh, from what I see, guys, I don't think the team had it last Wednesday. I don't think they had the the just the. I don't know, the swagger was off or what, but this was a big game and you need to step up in big games, right? I mean, you're playing for your playoff life here against Vancouver, who's ahead. They were ahead of us in the standings. Were they not coming in Wednesday? They were behind us. Behind us. Okay. They're behind us. Right behind us. Again, all these games, all these games leading up to talking about Vancouver, SKC yesterday into the galaxy on uh, next Sunday, this coming up Sunday. These are all three very important games that you need to get at least a point out of if, and, and you really need to get three points out of each of them to keep yourself in the playoff race, because things are changing like nightly, yeah. like everybody's just crumble. I mean, everybody's conjoined at the bottom of this standings here. It's crazy. So I was pissed off when I saw the score the next day. Um, I know you guys watched more of the game than I did. I mean, was it, I mean, did they look like they were even capable of coming well, back from this thing? What's funny is this game, it was, it's one of those games that you look at and you can't look at the stat line because everything about the stat line suggested that Minnesota United dominated this match. Yeah. I mean, we had some of the best passing in terms of accuracy we've had in probably the entire season. You have to remember making that. 
I think I remember making that comment yeah. fairly yeah. early in the game and just being when it was still nil nil. Um, I, I, exactly. I remember making that comment, how like the passing has been outstanding, mm-hmm. um, that I was feeling OK about this game. Yeah. So, yeah, good point. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking at the stat line now. You know, yeah, we had we had way. Yeah, we had way more possession. We had over double the shots on goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we had double the shots, period. Um, I mean, everything about that match, the stat line says the score was wrong. And it, it's those are the worst games when you have a, a situation, and that's the beauty of soccer, really. Uh, you have a situation where one team just completely – plays the better hand and in the end they end up losing um, and, and, you know yeah and what do you think about this david because i know i think tony i think you had fallen asleep uh, of course yeah, i mean again we're not gonna go into details but i think we you and i david we're going back and forth a little bit after tony had fallen asleep and we all of a sudden realized oh this is just like tony was talking about you know for some prior matches lafc and, and prior matches included that and we were talking about expected goals and this and that, but we were saying that you know what, this is almost this almost feels like a game, a real game where Minnesota was nothing but unlucky. Yeah, yeah, and it was. It was one hundred percent luck. I think it was. I really do. I really think, and I think it was spot on. I think that's why Tony, once you had fall asleep, you probably would have got a kick out of that because I do feel like this was an unlucky game. And my just real quick, a couple impressions I had about this game were that. I don't who wants this game does I mean this like everybody's saying it's a huge game it's a huge game who wants it just it just seemed the game was fairly wide open even though the possession might tell you otherwise if you look at the box score but um early on there was very I mean both teams it was a bit wide open but there was very little I mean there's plenty of shots from both teams but there was very little on target uh there just was there was no quality in the game even though it was a wide open game like I'm saying so it but it just didn't seem like either team really had the, I don't know, I shouldn't say talent because obviously we, Vancouver's been on a heck of a run lately. They're, they're a talented team. And then, of course, we know the talent that Minnesota has, but just they couldn't finish. Uh, that's a broken record too. But yeah, it, it does. And the reason I, so let's get, you know, the reason I say it, this is truly an unlucky game is because, okay, first of all, the own, you know, the, Vancouver gets on the board thanks to an own goal from Michael yeah. Boxel. Yeah. And, yeah, credit to Vancouver. They played a long ball up. Um, Brian White, uh, yeah, Brian White got on the end of it. And uh, actually, you know, you credit, you know, credit Vancouver, credit Brian Wright for being in the spot. He was nearly offsides. Unlucky that he wasn't because I don't know if they were trying to play him offsides, but he was nearly offsides. Gets kind of a a, a shot off. I, I, I'm not, I can't really describe it in detail, but basically, you know, Tyler Miller comes yeah, out of the right line. Yeah. Yeah. Right into Miller, but credit Tyler Miller there for coming off his line a little bit and, you know, just doing what he could to block that shot, you know, and he did unfortunately rebounded right into Michael Boxel's leg Mm -hmm. and into the goal. There's nothing they can do about it. But so it was nearly a tremendous save, Mm -hmm. but for an unlucky deflection off Michael Boxel's leg, it's an own goal. And then that was right at halftime. So the last thing you want to do when you played 45 minutes, you know, of nil, nil on the road, you can at least get into halftime tied up. You can regroup and then come out a whole new half. But the, un, yeah. literally in the last minute, Vancouver gets on the board. So that that just hurts big time. And then real quick, um, prior to Vancouver making it uh, 2-0, um, Adrian Anu had just a brilliant, you know, a brilliant, there was a brilliant sequence. Anu had a nice run and just finds some space and just basically taps a ball in. And as, as I was watching it live, I already had my hands up because, I mean, I thought it was just an easy goal. 
Um, but unfortunately it hits the post like we were talking about earlier and it could literally, it could have still, it could have hit the post and still went in the way that ball was heading in there, but it didn't, you know? And so, damn. And then it was just a minute or two after that, you know, Vancouver, uh, uh, found their, found their second goal and it's two nil at that time. And, uh, that one, you might, uh, you might be able to pick out some players and say that was not an unlucky goal. That was like a defensive breakdown. Like we have seen from this club, but but bottom line was up until that, it could have been one nil Minnesota. And and I, those are two moments that you could say, damn, Minnesota United got unlucky. And mm-hmm. so I, you look, it's weird. It's a weird game. It's a two nil loss, but I think you could almost say Minnesota, it, it wasn't that bad, but Hey, all, all that matters at this point are the points. So, you know, it was bad, but unlucky. Well, you know, and I'll, I'll keep that whole luck conversation going. And even, even Adi's goal, which seriously, I still, even though he scored, I still don't understand why he was in that match. Um, even his goal was sheer luck. Um, yeah. There was somebody on Twitter that I, I'm, I'm not giving him credit for this. Um, it said, you know, is there a way to score a goal by inertia? That's exactly what it was. Like the yeah. only reason that ball went in was because he took the shot, it bounced off, and it hit him as he was yeah. running into the goal. Yep. and it went in. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it's it's the exact opposite. It was lucky this time, um, and it's just that was literally the game. I mean, mm-hmm. everything about that game it was so fucking frustrating. I mean, it was everything like Dave, you said. The first half, it didn't seem like anybody wanted it. Um, the the finishing is just such poor quality, um, from really all season. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's just what I take from this game was we had to have a win. We had to have a win. If we won Wednesday night against Vancouver, the entire conversation that we're going to have in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. wouldn't be happening to the extent that it's going to happen. We had to have a win. Everyone on that pitch knew we had to have a win. On paper, this is one of the best front fours in MLS. And to to credit, the announcers yesterday made that point. Yep. Twelman commented on it. This front four is fantastic. On paper, yeah. If they play together, if they have the minutes, if they have the consistency, they're going to be lights up. Yep. And it's you see a, a front four like this just struggle with finishing, struggle with that. Tony, you mentioned it in the last episode with that that the pass is just that step off. Yep. You know, it's just a foot off. It's just this, that, whatever. It's it's so frustrating. It's incredibly frustrating, and we we had to have the win and we didn't get it. I well, mean, yeah. I mean, Tony, it's yeah. Way it is. 100%. And, and, and you're right, David. And Tony, to your point, how does it feel to wake up the next morning uh, seeing the, the score line and the box score were not good at all? Because, you know, it was after that game, then I, well, was it whether it was immediately after that game or shortly after some other results, you know, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. for the first time in quite a few weeks, Minnesota is outside of the playoff line, yep. you know, looking up at the teams above the line. And not only that, there's teams, you know, like LAFC and, 
that are right there with them, you know, in that eight, nine spot. So now, yeah, I mean, I know there's a lot of people, um, I'm not very active on Twitter, there's, but there's a lot of people, and I, but I, you know, I kind of almost felt the same way. There's a lot of people just about maybe some other, some of us included that are, you know, are essentially ready to throw in the towel because yeah. you, you look at it and you look at the schedule ahead for Minnesota and it just, it, <laughs> On Thursday morning, it looked extremely bleak. Let's put but it that way. This is this is playing right into my what I told you on the podcast. Well, how many weeks ago? I said we are going to fall into the playoffs. Yeah, but we're not because we're not going to be great going in. I, if if we had beaten Vancouver and it, you know and and SKC and then the Galaxy and we had some momentum going, great. But we're going to fall into the playoffs and. Now, if we get in the playoffs, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, um, we know for a fact Heath has got to win at least the first game. He has to advance in the playoffs in order to keep his job. If he doesn't advance, oh, no, wait a minute, Tony. He if all he, these games are playoff games, so no, maybe he's I'm already done that. I'm telling you, if he does not, if he does not advance in the playoffs, he's he should lose his job. I mean, they should fire him. This team is a team he wanted. Okay. And yes, he's had some setbacks all year. And yes, we can talk about the front four only playing what six games together. Well, now seven, but still it's his team. It's a team. He wanted the guys he wanted to sign. He brought in Adrian Anu. He brought in Fragapane. He brought in Will Trapp. Those are the guys he wanted. And guess what? You, You didn't do what you wanted to do this year. So making the playoffs isn't enough. You need right. to advance in the playoffs. Otherwise, if you don't, you should be fired. And if he's not fired, there's going to be a huge outcry from this fan base. Uh, well, you know, you're, you're right, Tony. You're completely right. Sorry for cutting you off. Um, the reality is, is it being, being not a Minnesotan, it reminds me of Minnesota sports. It's so just, what is it with you guys? I mean, uh, it's like, <laughs> I mean, it, you, I'm, I'm not even going to discuss the Vikings, but the Vikings are really what I'm looking at. But even the Timberwolves are that way. Oh. Um, but and even the Wild can be kind of that way too. But the the reality is, it's like I, I tweeted out the very next day after this match. I said that you know a part of me wants us to lose out because the reality is is we don't. I don't know that we deserve at this stage to be in the playoffs anymore. But I really don't think this front office gives a shit. Mm-hmm. I think the only, you know, to me, that tweet was saying, was trying to say, you know, the only way we're going to get change is if we lose out, we crash out of the playoffs. Yeah. But reality is, I don't think the Apple cares. No, I really don't. And it's the same way with every other Minnesota sports franchise. They, they just are okay with that mediocrity that you you nailed it really close but well you nailed it because that's i mean that's you'll hear what it doesn't matter what's pick a sport in minnesota i mean it's it's an old cliche but we're the land of mediocrity and and making the playoffs is good enough now hold on a second now let me tell you this i can say for a fact that the front office of the minnesota twins actually started to give a shit about three years ago when they hired falvium levine okay and they hired Rocco Baldelli. They actually made some steps to be, in, to be better. This year sucked, yes, because they had injuries and all that other shit going on. But they've actually done it. The Timberwolves, on the other hand, 
since Glenn Taylor took over this flipping team, with the exception of the Kevin Garnett years and getting Sam Cassell and Latrell Sprewell, that, that front office has done absolutely shit right. to get a good team on the court. I'm telling you, yeah. draft picks. I mean, Anthony Edwards, great draft pick. Uh, but everybody else, holy shit, what the fuck are you guys doing? I could go on a rant here. <laughs> All right. Well, Tony, let's oh, steer let's I steer could, it back. I could. Let's steer it back. But no, hold on a second. Tony, to your point, though, when, when, the, the, when the Wolves beat the Bucks last week, yeah. it, was like this, it was like the NBA Finals. Yeah. On Twitter, I was like, oh, my God. All of a sudden, there are Timberwolves fans coming out of the woodwork. Hey. Like, oh, my God, we beat the Bucks. We beat the Bucks. Hey, you want to know what mediocrity is, Sterling? The Timberwolves, for the longest time, used to uh, throw confetti from the rafters if they beat a top team in the NBA during the regular season. That was still happening. That. that was still happening in the '90s. Okay, in the '90s, right. and they finally shut it down. Okay, I'm telling you. So you got that the the, the Vikings. That's a totally different thing. And the Wild. I don't even know about the Wild, but I'm telling you, it is. You are correct. We have a problem in this town of being too nice with our front office, our managers, whatever. I mean, I could yeah. tell you, I could tell you about Kevin McHale and keeping him around forever in the front office. It's like, yeah, he's a Minnesota guy. He's from Hibbing. Oh, good, good to go. You know, side note, my dad played him in basketball when he was in Hibbing. I know. <laughs> crazy, right? My dad's like five foot eight. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, but uh Anyways, we have that problem in Minnesota. We can't, yeah. we can't, we, we're always, you know, oh, it's okay. We're, we're, we're too nice. You know, it's okay. Yeah. We don't want to fire anybody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I will, we'll steer it back. We'll steer it back, but uh, here pretty soon. But I, yeah, I think you're right, Tony. That sums it up. The whole Minnesota nice and the mediocrity, David, that you pointed out. Those are two good, uh, two good points, but it does have that feeling, you know, you know, you know, sports and this profession is based on results. You need results. And, yeah, I just think you're just if you keep accepting the same thing year after year after year, you know, nothing's going to change. And I think that 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 has a tendency to happen. But now with, you know, if we're talking about the loons here, let's not forget they were in the Western Western Conference final just last year. Do do we I mean, is it too, you know, is it too soon? Are we on a trend? Is this a trend downward or is this just a little bump in the yeah. road? Assuming that they didn't make the I, I think about last year, though. Last year's such an anomaly with COVID. A blip. It's a blip. It's just so hard to say whether or not we should have been in the top four last year, whether what happened last year was even an accurate depiction of reality. I mean, I, I just think um I think last year was an anomaly. I think it mm. really was. And I think I think we got lucky because of COVID. I think, yeah, you know, shortened season, you know, it, it just seemed like, you know, the, we didn't have any, you know, you had the weird scheduling where some teams just didn't have as tough schedules as, yeah. as they could have. I mean, it's just, and even this year though, that's the same case. I mean, look, we played Austin, what, three times we played Dallas three times we played Houston three times. I mean, um, yeah, but maybe. it's like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe last year was the case of, you know, Reynoso coming in, you know, mid-season, putting the team on his back, taking the league by storm, 
nobody nobody in the league yeah. really knew what Minnesota had in Reynoso. I mean, they yep. probably did. That's they, true, too. I mean, now they have they were reacting so. late. Yeah, now they know how to uh, uh, foul them. Let's leave it how, at that. But, they, know how to piss, they know how to piss them off. That's the problem. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, good. Interesting. Great point, Sterling. Yep. Yeah, we and, and I think last year too, we had like this like us against the world type of thing going on. I think there was this with this team, they were always they're resilient, right? Like you lose Amaria early in the season and you move forward from there. And it was just Robin Lud playing up top. It was it was Reynoso. It was, you know, these guys were just resilient. And this year it's I, like it's Kevin Molino. We can't forget about it. Yeah, Kevin Molino too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was fantastic. But again, I would take Fragapane over Molino this year. What's Molino oh, done this sure, year? Yeah. What's you know? So let's get into He's doing exactly what he wanted to do a, an easy way to something, even though Columbus ended up not being good. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's get into last night's game, guys, because this this was now an even bigger game. After the Vancouver loss, oh, you're not, you, last night's game. You talking about the Vikings game or yesterday afternoon's game? Well, let's not talk about the. Let's not talk about the Vikings game. <laughs> Vikings want to clarify. Vikings are done. Okay, noon. Yeah, up. it was new, like yeah, it was obviously of, new. It was a noon uh, Central Time game yeah. again on ESPN. We got yeah. we got Taylor Twelman and John Champion. Yeah. So that, that at, was nice at home. Uh, mm-hmm. Taylor Twelman uh, was uh, had a costume on. He was uh, Fran Tarkington. Which, cool. You know, he's from Minnesota. He can do that. Yeah, yeah. I asked you guys how many uh, Ted Lassos were at the game. I think there was probably like thousands of Ted Lassos. Yeah, ten ten percent minimum. Exactly. Yeah, we should say yeah. We and we should say Connor, who obviously is not with us tonight, but he was at the game. And was I, at the yeah, game. we asked him about that. I think he said there was a ton. Did he mention mm-hmm. another? I can't remember if he mentioned another costume that he saw, but uh, yeah. Well, there was uh, the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian was there. I heard the, the the guy in full Mandalorian gear was there. Um, nice. Ted Lasso is so hot for co- for costumes this year, and I think I think Dave probably noticed this. Did you notice the NFL countdown people on ESPN were dressed up as Ted Lasso yesterday? You know, I didn't watch the NFL countdown, so I, I did not notice that. I turned it on right before the the Loons match, and they were all dressed as either Ted Lasso or uh, the young uh, marketing girl from Ted Lasso. I can't remember her name and. Coach Beard and yeah, maybe maybe it was an ESPN thing. I don't want to sound like too much of a nerd, but I'm a big fan of like the fantasy fantasy uh, focus. Oh yeah, yeah. fantasy football podcast, and they do a show every Sunday morning. Yeah, and anyways, they were all dressed as the uh, Ted Lasso crew as well during their podcast on Friday. So yeah, it must be going around ESPN. It's It's a worldwide phenomenon. That's awesome. I still need to watch the second season. By the way, get on board, Dave. Get on board. It's different. It's different. Yeah. It's actually it's, it's actually a heartwarming show. Yeah. Right? It's it, not, it takes a turn. It takes a turn. It right? take, it does take it does take a turn. And yeah. it's 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 not a good turn and you kind of get pissed off. So oh, spoiler alert. But yeah, no, it, it's especially the yeah. end. The end. Man. Okay, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. <laughs> but yeah, no, it is obviously not gonna say what it is, but geez. Yeah. But yeah, no, generally speaking, it's a very positive, uplifting show, which is wonderful. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome. Ted Lasso gets a job with the Minnesota Vikings as their head coach. Mm, wow. Didn't expect that term. Terrible. Terrible. But, terrible. but yeah, no, um, I mean, it's cool. It's cool to have a nationally televised game on Halloween. Yeah. On Huge. ESPN. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Awesome. And it's Proud against, good. against SKC guys who's at the top of the table in the Western conference. Now they are fighting for that first round buy. 
Um, big deal. Yeah. So it's, it's a yeah. kind of a big, it's a big deal for them. Yeah. Um, Polito is still not playing. Do we, what is Polito's issue guys? Do we know? Oh, he's Polito's... injured. I, I couldn't tell yeah. you the exact injury. But like, I think, injury. I think he's eyeing a return. I think he could be back for the playoff. Has he I played? Do. Has he played this year at all? Oh yeah. But not recently. Certainly okay. not recently. All right. Um, he's been out no, for I some time. I can't pinpoint when it was, but. But it really doesn't matter because Johnny Russell had scored in what? Six he, games in a row. He, he's been hot. Yeah. I mean, we heard about Johnny Russell leading up to this game and then through the first probably 15, 20 minutes well, of this game about Johnny Russell, Johnny Russell, Johnny Russell, Johnny Russell. Well, and it wasn't even just 15 minutes ago. It was the, I know, it, I remember it very clearly um, because it was the night that I finally flew and made it back from China uh, back in September over a month, almost six weeks ago or over six weeks ago now. I can't believe how much time is flying, but I think in that game, I don't want to harbor on it too much but that was the game that down in kansas city that the loons lost four nil yeah um, i think johnny right. russell had a hand in at least three of those goals if not he had a hand in every goal i think it was every goal yeah, yeah. probably so, yeah. there you go yeah so um yeah so we go into this game guys and it's it's again it's huge huge freaking game right i mean um this yeah. is this is this the, was this was it this was our super bowl to exactly you know what's really you know, and that's why i kind of made that little quip about how every game's a playoff game, you know, going forward. So technically, you know, this is a playoff game, you know, win or lose. But, you know, the funny thing was, you know, when we talked about this, technically based on the results, we Minnesota actually had some results around them go in favor. RSL, I think, had lost the a couple nights prior mm-hmm. um, to Portland, I want to say, or maybe I'm getting that mixed up. Anyways, bottom line was, I think it doesn't matter. RSL lost. Let's yeah. just leave it there. So the bottom line was, and things could have turned out differently if that wasn't the case, but because of RSL's loss, Minnesota would not have been eliminated from playoff contention with a loss. We yeah. knew that going right. into this match. So right. again, technically it's not a must win, but let's call it what it is. It, it, it was, a, I mean, I, I think I was sitting there before the game started, right after the game started thinking, okay, what would it, would a draw be okay it would still keep oh, them alive. Maybe no. they could still make the class. I mean, and no. technically the answer that that is yes, technically there are scenarios where a draw or even a loss, Minnesota could still find their way into the playoffs, but let, we don't even need to get, go down that road because the percentages would have been minute. So basically, yes, you, you guys are right. It was a must win. Let's call it what it was not well, technically, but basically now this, was. this was the um, 200th time we played SKC. Since we came into league, right? I mean, this is like yeah, yeah. It was a mo- momentous occasion. Uh, that's we get the uh, lineup, guys, and the lineup is the same lineup we've had, but everybody's back, and we still have Alonzo going in the middle. Uh, and like I said, Heath had said the reason why I started him because he's been hot lately. So why not start him? So Asani Dotson is on the bench. Which for this game, I was like, yeah, this is a playoff game, pretty much. Um, start Alonzo. He's the veteran. He's been there before. Hassani can come in in multiple positions if he needs to. And, you know, he can be our Swiss Army knife. And if, and if you look at it, though, I mean, if that's if you look at if you're in Heath's point, if you look at the last month, at least month, maybe longer month and a half, like we're saying, I mean, I, I, I honestly feel like Alonzo is the better player, has been the better player. And Dotson. Yeah, I agree. We Dotson honestly has been up and down. He He's had his moments. Yes. He hasn't. He hasn't uh, had a lot in the attack this year. He, I don't know that he has a, even a goal this year. Not that I'm, we're not going to judge his performance based on goals, but uh, I, I, he's really had an up and down year where I feel like Alonzo has had an up at least you know, a month or so. And, and not to get off on a tangent, but um, 
I think a lot of that to, in his defense is the fact that he is, he has been thrown in random, random places throughout Correct. the season. So I, I just think we, we haven't seen output from him because he hasn't had any consistent action where he belongs. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, until recently, until recently. Yeah. And to your point, Tony, to your point, I'm not totally disparaging to your point, Tony, that trap Dotson combination has worked very well in mm-hmm. a number of games. So yeah, there's, yeah. I totally get, yeah. you know, when you first look at the lineup and you don't see dots and trap, you're like, what, what, what? Cause it has worked tremendously well for a number of games. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. So it's so. more just the fact that it's Ozzy who's like 50 and he's been playing just like every other game. I mean, every other day. So I should, I think, yeah, I see. I, I still believe he should be doing ads for new genics. I just think him and Frank Thomas together. You know, um, so we start this game off, guys, and right off the fucking bat. I mean, seven minutes in, guys, seven minutes in at home against SKC, and they score a flipping goal. SKC with the um, it was a short, it was a short corner, corner. And maybe I'm just maybe it's just I'm a fan of the Twelman champion broadcast team, but I mean, they, I thought they made great points especially about Minnesota. I think there's some great insight about the club and the team throughout the Mm -hmm. broadcast. I really enjoyed their broadcast on Sunday, Mm -hmm. but I mean, they, I mean, before I even could think about it, they made the point of how well Minnesota has done defending, you know, set pieces this year. They've done a a great job at that. So what does Casey do? They do a short corner and it worked out pretty well there. You know, corners are what, like 18% successful. If that, and if yeah. you, yeah, and it's like the short corner is. I really like short corners because it adds, and in fact, Taylor mentioned this, it adds that new dimension where you can get lost with that first pass. Mm-hmm. Where all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, the second pass is in the box, and you're like, wait, what the, what the hell just happened? Now, with this one, they actually kicked it, they crossed it all the way over, yep. and then it came back in on the third. And so that's what just completely screwed everybody. It, you know, it, they just got lost. It's a reality. It was a, it was a fantastic set piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I, I think a set piece like that, it doesn't matter how good you are at, at defending them. It's you start, you start having that many passes coming over the box into the box. You start losing people. You start losing track of your guy. It's going to happen. I mean, you're going to get a shot on goal, whether it goes in. I mean, the, the goal from Shelton was fantastic. I mean, right in the yeah. I mean, yeah, I remember, I remember early, early, probably let's say very early 2017, you know, um, the Loon's first year in MLS. Yeah. I remember just thinking how much I hated the short corner. And, you know, you go back even years prior to that when I was just getting into soccer and didn't quite know the nuances. I was like, Oh, you know, why, why would you do that now? I mean, now, obviously, I understand why you can pull defenders that would normally be clobbing up the box, big bodies. You can pull them out of the box and then maybe create a chance. I get it now. I definitely get it. And uh, But even going back to 2017, I complained a lot at that time about Minnesota's use of the short corner, and I just, I just couldn't get it. And I felt at that time it was just they just wanted to have more possession because I felt after, for those Minnesota short corners back three, four, five years ago, they weren't getting quality chances off those short corners. They were just maintaining possession, if, if anything, and that was well, just frustrating. Right, yeah. That was, uh, but here, that was here in this case, cl- clearly well thought out by 
you know, sporting Kansas city. And uh, it, it really did work. You know, that was, I don't know, uh, maybe they got lucky. Yeah. Minnesota almost had a chance to pick that off, but. Dave, that was a, uh, that was BR before Ray. Um, mm. We used to do those short corners. We, I think we used to talk about on the podcast, how we hated the, cause they wouldn't do anything with the short corners. It was like, remember when we used to do those short corners, those were awesome. Well, no, they weren't. Yeah. They it, well, no, I don't. Yeah. I don't remember that, but it just, it felt like, it felt like when Minnesota no. tried them early on in their MLS, you know, they, they didn't really have a plan other than we, possession, but there was no plan. There was no plan. The city clearly, at least it looked like watching it, it looked like they had a plan and it works. I, I remember mean, if they didn't have a plan, they faked it really well. Yeah. I mean, well, I, no. I think that they planned that. SKC had, SKC had a plan. I'm talking like before Reynoso came here, when we did short corners. We had no plan at all. I remember talking yeah. on this podcast about that shit. We'd be like, they did a corner that was just, they just wanted to get the ball out and, and keep possession and try something else. It was like, and it's funny. You look at some of the Minnesota defenders there, you know, I think that that's what they were expecting too. I don't think they were expecting a plan. I think they were expecting Kansas city and a conservative approach to maintain possession, keep it away from Minnesota who they knew were desperate going into this game for a win. You know, maybe they just wanted, I mean, maybe Minnesota, I'm, what I'm saying is I think Minnesota might've been thinking that all that, that's all that Kansas city was looking to do there is maintain some possession, but it, cause a little flat footed, you know, when that, you know, second attempt came in, you know, came all the way, David, like you mentioned, all the way across and headed back. And it's just like, they were just stunned. I think that's what it looks like. So, well, I mean, I know what I was feeling guys after that first goal, I'm feeling, oh, here we I go. What I was feeling here. We go again. Right. Because we lost the SKC a couple of weeks ago four nil and I'm going, okay, this is, a, we're, this is it right here. This is our playoff chances are done. We're going to go into a shell. We're going to look like shit the rest of this game. Johnny Russell's going to score a goal or two. It's going to be, it's going to be terrible. I mean, were you guys thinking the same thing? Pretty much. Pretty much. The the only thing, the only thing that, I mean, so it's such an early goal, you know, it's eight minutes, eight, seven, eight minutes in, but it's such an early goal. But if you're looking at the first five minutes, I guess, I didn't think that I didn't necessarily think that goal was coming for sporting Kansas city. I didn't have that feeling. I felt like, okay, Minnesota, you know, it's, it's tough to judge the first five, six minutes of a match, but in those first five, six minutes, I didn't feel like it was all over for, I I felt like Minnesota's playing well passing in there. And so, I mean, yes and no, but yeah, goals matter. Goals change games. So honestly, Tony, I was not feeling good at all after that goal. That's for sure. hundred percent. Well, but guys, we didn't have to wait long to get back in this game. And let me tell you, this play, guys, the Fragapane goal in the 19th, 20th minute there was, I think that was, again, this is, this is what I'm talking about with luck, guys. This is a lucky goal. I mean, was it not? Maybe. Um, yeah, I'll let you guys, I'll let David dive into this one as well. But the one, I think the couple things were cool. Correct me if I'm wrong, like pretty much. You know, we were talking about the front four and Taylor, David, you mentioned Taylor was talking about the front four of this team. I feel like every one of them, Franco, Ray, Lude, and uh, obviously Franco, but and Lude and Reynoso, and I feel like they all got a touch on this play. They did. It just led to a goal. All four of them. That's what I remember. But that's what I remember. It was luck because if you guys look back at this play, right, uh, Ray crosses it into the box to Anu, right? And Anu, I don't even know if he – does he try to get a shot off or does it come off no, his leg? No, Anu, Anu is clearly flicking it on. 
Okay. Uh, Deliberately. I mean, he, so, he knew yeah. he didn't have a path. He didn't okay. have any opportunity. And he All right. It. So yeah. he gets it. He gets it to to Lud. Lud, yeah. Lud makes a shot. Uh, Which completely got. We got blocked. Yeah. And then it goes right into Fragapane's legs, and he just puts it in. Well, I, it, it's how you choose to look at it, I guess. I guess Tony, you could say that was it lucky? Yes, because I personally think that Amelia uh, could have done better. Um, well, yeah, he however, could. however, that being said, I mean, Frank Apani, the, the force that he that's put was impressive. And obviously that's why, even though it hit Melia's hands, right, uh, I, it just blew right through him. I mean, it's like he, he yeah. it, almost if you if you were watching the goal, maybe from the side, which I mm-hmm. you know wasn't while I was watching the TV broadcast. But if you're looking at that from the sideways angle down the, 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 the goal line there, you might not have known that Melia got his hands on it because it just blew right in so the, the credit frank apone for putting that shot with pace on you know and and it was tim melia who's outstretched so i guess the only luck was that melia got his hands on it and didn't stop it that's the only luck but that was a fantastic strike it was yeah, you know i i'm still not fully convinced that load was shooting i mean the more and more that i've watched it 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 looks like maybe he was trying to take the same similar shot to what franco did and mm-hmm. it got deflected. But at the same sure. time, it kind of looks like maybe he saw Franco there and he was trying to pass it. But, I mean, if it was a shot, then it was super lucky because the fact that he took a shot and it was deflected right to his teammate yeah. Um, it yeah. is huge. Now, if he meant to do that and, it, you know, that deflection just helped it along, then I, I guess that is what it well, is. But I, I don't want to – I mean, I'm so biased right now. But seriously – Adrian Anu, his flick on was perfect. I mean, I get it. The shot was phenomenal. I'm not taking anything away from Franco, but Anu has been constantly doing things that show he's going to be fantastic. People ignore it over and over and over and over and over. And that's just another example of him doing what he needs to be doing. Well, guy guy didn't play for seven months, right? So he didn't play soccer for seven months, okay? He's stuck on the bench in where did he come from? Uh, France. France. Yeah. What team? Yeah, whatever team Ren. is in France. Ren. Yeah. He's stuck on the bench there. We Ren. pick him up and we paid a lot to get him, right? But it, we talked about this on the podcast before. It takes a while for a guy like him to get integrated into a system like this. Robin Lud went through the same things. He's going through the same things. And also, he hasn't played with those other three guys. Pretty much all year. I yeah, mean, yeah. And I no, mean, you're you're else? absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And the only thing, the thing that I was worried about, and that I you go back to look at, I just I've said it a couple of times, but I can't help but you know when you earlier, you know, a month ago or so, when you have your two DPS, you know, in in, in um, Jan Gregus and and Hanu sitting on the bench for most of the game, it's a bit frustrating, yeah. especially now knowing you know what they paid to get Hanu over here. It is frustrating, but yeah, you're 100 correct. The only thing I was worried about, Tony, is that somehow like Gregus that Hanu had somehow found his way into the Heath doghouse. I don't think so. And I don't know that that's the case. The points that you made, he didn't play a lot. I I, I don't think it was either. Yeah. You know, I I, I decided to try to figure it out. And since Anu has come in, he has gone through four formations. And if I counted correctly, 11 different front attacking five. 
Yeah, I believe. I, yeah. I, mean, I believe it. Can you imagine being a brand new player who's no. missed the preseason, who missed the first six games, mm-hmm. who then comes into a lineup that has a revolving door of formations and and player starting elevens, yep. yep. and you're trying to figure out what to do. And on top of that, you're playing a new role. He's not the number one. Taylor brought this up yesterday. He's not the target striker. He's typically a supporting striker in a two in a two striker formation. Mm-hmm. And so now you're expecting him to do something he doesn't do with a bunch of players he's never played with in a with a bunch of players that are going to just constantly revolve around him, going in and out no matter what. Every single match is somebody different, something different formation, everything. I mean, what do you what do you expect's going to happen? Well, I mean, now the last five matches now counting yesterday he's finally getting consistency in in what's happening and he's looked i mean honestly aside from his finishing which could be the yips mm-hmm. could be the yips aside from his finishing he's done everything he's asked to do and taylor brought that up again yesterday he taylor mentioned how he loved unu's runs and i've yep. been saying that and by a text at least um, and yes, last episode, that, that's exactly it. He's been doing everything he needs. He just can't finish. Yep. And yeah. we, and thanks, credit to Ted Lasso, we know what the yips are. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, I, I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought up the yips, uh, David, because I hope it's not the yips, because let me tell you, I literally have had the yips. It was in my uh, beer league softball career, which <laughs> I have long since been retired, probably fortunately, but uh, I literally got the yips. Where I mean, I played baseball in high school. I've always been a pretty, and I played baseball growing up, loved it, played softball after I got out of college. And all of a sudden, literally from one season to the next, I would be out playing catch or be out on, I usually, I usually play left field, but I, on these teams I'd sub for, I was playing second base, shortstop, third base, wherever they needed me, happy to play. All of a sudden, year at one year next, I all of a sudden found myself throwing the ball into the dirt, even playing catch. I would throw it. If I'm just playing catch, I would throw the ball into the dirt, like five feet in front of me. I couldn't do it. The only throw I could make is if I was like trying to throw a ball a long ways. But if I'm just throwing the ball, say 10 yards, 10 feet, it would go into the ground in front of me. I experienced the yips. I have no idea why that happened, but let me tell you, it took me like a year and a half to get over it. I don't know what happened. It's a scary thing. So I'm going to say, I hope it's not the yips. I, I hope it's um, I hope it's not the yips. I hope it's just you know like unluckiness, like we talked about earlier. Either unlucky yep. or and just the whole feeling of being in the game. You know, for me, I I don't know that I am too worried if it is the yips because the yips end eventually. Yeah. I mean, it, it's you know, and it, that's the great thing that I, I well, love about Lasso is the fact that we get to we get to see a really kind of humorous take on mm-hmm. that whole thing, especially obviously how the yips start. Um, yeah, well, which it maybe isn't humorous, I guess, depends on how you look at it. Um, but I mean, it's it's um, it's one of those things where, you know, they they talk and Dave, you don't know this uh, spoiler alert. You know, they talk about bringing in a psychologist for the players. Right. Yep. And it's true. I mean, these players are human beings. They experience yep. mental lapses yep. and, and yep. difficulties and they need to have that 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 thing and especially a situation like a striker yeah, they're man. like the most sensitive oh uh, yeah I mean, I mean i don't mean that negatively either yeah. uh, there's just the most like sensitive player there like they yeah 
one little well, thing and they're gone. I mean, I'll, I'll, yeah, like how they start. I didn't, I didn't see the second season yet, but I will. But I can tell you, like how mine started was, like I said, beer league. Nobody cares about my beer league softball career. But basically, what happened was, I was used to playing just co-ed, just for fun, beer league softball, and then all of a sudden, I was playing for my team's uh, softball league, and they there's some really good golfers there was anyways really good golfers really big really good athletes in in my, in my company and so i think i felt that extra stress of okay, okay i got to i got to play good yeah I, I know i'm capable of playing good at times but i was re- i think i had that extra just it was mental it was you're right it's all mental i yep. i put too much stress on myself and all of a sudden the first day of knowing that i'm playing for ooh a good team I couldn't, I'm playing catch and I couldn't throw the ball. It was something I've never experienced before. Got- but the difficult part about that was, I'm telling you, it took me a long time to get out of it. And it only gets worse because you start thinking, what the hell? I've been doing this all my life. Why can't I throw the ball? You got, you got, unbelievable. you got, you got Knobloch, dude. Knobloch, yeah, no, well, no, here, you know, Dave, Knobloch from the Twins, right? Who were shitty when they got traded yeah. to the Yankees, who were a championship contender. That's when he got the yips because he was playing for a better team. And that's the whole yeah. reason he got the freaking yips. Yeah. Great. Yeah, great. Exactly. It's, it's exactly. All of a sudden you get this whole new level of pressure, mental pressure mm-hmm. that's that's there. And and you, you have to mm-hmm. fight it somehow. And, and, it happens. and then here, here's the problem, though. It, it is. Here's the thing. Like it literally. It, it has. I, it all, it, I think it basically, Tony, you brought up Knobloch. It has ended careers. The yips oh, yeah. have ended careers. Yeah. Yes, people, yeah. players get over it, but the, the worst case scenario is it ends your career, literally. So Steve, yeah, it's not just something you always get over. Steve Sachs, Chuck Knobloch, yeah. Um, before we move on, guys, I do want to say this to our listeners. Uh, Christian Ramirez is not fucking coming back, just so you guys know. Because oh, he's laying every, it up. Because oh, every time, every every time, Adrian Anu does not score fucking goals for this team, and Christian Ramirez scores goals in his Scottish league. All is of a sudden, it's like, Rangers? oh, is he playing for the Rangers? I don't know who's no, it, Aberdeen. Yeah, Aberdeen. It doesn't Aberdeen. matter. Oh. These you can you can love Christian Ramirez as a as a person as a player, but he's not coming back. Okay, it's not happening. Okay. That, right, yeah, I, I just don't understand why quit, they're bringing it up. Quit it with that bullshit. Yeah, quit putting you know, his stats up there. Hey, Tony, and, Tony, Tony, never say never, but never. He's not coming back. He's I not. mean, I suppose I you, that's, a, that's a good point. Maybe. I don't know if you got that reference. Never say never, but never. I think it was. Uh, oh, geez, now I can't even remember who said that. But it was somebody. Oh, it was. Uh, I think it was Jim. Uh, was it Jim Hart? I want to say no. It was. It was uh, Mike Tomlin, Steelers, uh, oh. Pittsburgh Steelers coach on if he would ever come back to college football and yeah. take the USC job or something yeah. like that. And he was like, he was asked that in a press conference. He's like, well, never say never, but never. Yeah. I there just you go. Like See again, I, David, yeah, I, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about, David, it, it is ridiculous. The amount of people who put their time and effort into saying, well, oh, Christian Ramirez, look at his goals. Look what he's doing now. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, who gives a shit? I'm not coming back here. And, and I I actually waited in this weekend of saying, well, what does that say about the Scottish the Scottish League? Yeah, and don't, I got a couple. I got a couple Scotland. Yeah, people don't, don't piss them off. Me. Don't piss them. And I was like, you know, 
Yeah. And I actually told one of them that they made me regret being Scottish. But anyway. I'm not without getting into detail. I, I've, I've spent plenty of time in Scotland and Northern Ireland and like that. Uh, I, they, they love their soccer there. And like that, uh, you know, of course the Celtic and Rangers, uh, rivalry that they have, and they've got some big teams. And I know, I think there's been some talks of incorporating them into the English premier league. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, because the, the Scottish league, the, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's, I always it, refer to it as SPL and it's not that anymore. It's, it's the premiership just plain simple, but, um, I mean, that league is not, very good once no. you get below celtic and rangers it's and top heavy at some point um it's that bottom well what there's 12 teams in the league i think um that bottom like eight yeah ooh, i mean it's it's, it's not it's not good and it, it's it's a reality that you know and that's the problem that i got into on twitter with the scott scottish guys is they were fiercely defending their league and i get it you know fine whatever um, but it's, it's not, I mean, I've, I've watched dozens and dozens and dozens of games and it's, it's just not that, that good. Um, and then no offense to, and by the way, no offense to Christian Ramirez at all. Mm-hmm. I love the dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would welcome him back in a heartbeat quite honestly. Um, but it's, it's just, you know, exactly Tony. Yeah. Stop. It's stop. A stop. Stop. Yeah. Stop. Um, so let's move on, guys, because we got crazy there. For side a track, yeah. There side track, guys. It's it's now it's one to one. So there's an opportunity here for us to push forward at home against SKC, and we get that chance in the 38th minute. Penalty in the box on Renoso. Penalty kick coming up. Clear penalty on Renoso. Um, penalty kick coming up. Let's talk about. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the corner kick that was probably what just before that. But, well, at Debassi, oh, I just yeah. credit Debassi. I want to throw Debassi's name out there because yeah. he, he okay. you could. I loved his reaction. He was stunned. Yeah. He was yeah. stunned. He didn't score because credit to him. That header that he Melia, put on, on yeah. goal. Melia, Melia was is a good. Melia there. He's a great he goaltender. Okay, Melia yeah. is a great goaltender. I mean, he's also a good wrestler too. But... Yeah, he is. Yeah, rock, rock bottom. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That's a whole other topic that we probably shouldn't get on because we don't have the no, time. But yeah, there was question whether he should even be available for the game against Minnesota. Again, I, water under the bridge on that one. It, mm-hmm. it is what okay. it is. Uh, but uh, so they can see the penalty in the box. It's Ray. He's Clear. taking it. He's taking this kick, guys, and yeah. this kick. Before you talk about the kick, Tony, just the, the I mean, this will be short because it was a clear penalty credit to Ray for I think he knew what was going to happen. So mm-hmm. you, you don't call it a dive. There was clear contact and therefore it was a clear penalty. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he played it as well as he could have because he knew it was coming and oh, it yeah. therefore was a clear penalty. There was no you could tell Sporting Kansas City wasn't complaining. They're just like shit. Yeah. So what do we call? The, the penalty kick from Ray. Uh, what is the term we use for what he did? Uh, to Tim To Tim Million. Ballsy would be the term. Are you talking like a descriptor or the actual word? The, the, I mean, the, the soccer actual, term, I think. The soccer he's term. Penelka. Okay. Penelka. Penelka? Say that one more time. Yeah, it's Penelka, right? Because he, he totally fooled Melia so bad that Melia actually got Penen- up after getting. Sorry, Penenka. 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 He, 
he fooled them so bad, guys, that Melia actually got up after he went down to try to get the ball again. Well, because they float. And I'm cons- yeah, yeah, exactly. But he they're like chip shots. He flopped and then he went backwards. Well, yeah, and I mean credit, you know, yeah, that's Reynoso. Credit Reynoso ah, for getting him to go, getting him to go to dive to commit. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, it's funny, perfectly described, Tony, that he not he dove the wrong way. It should be over, but in his mind. He's like, oh, maybe I can still get maybe it. Maybe I can still get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. He Crazy. fooled them. It was it was amazing. Yeah. It was an amazing yeah. freaking goal. And I don't remember which one of you said it was cheeky, but um, I, I think I said cheeky. Okay. But. I mean, that is the definition of cheeky because that's as you just said now, it was insanely ballsy. Because if you blow that, not good, especially Ooh, if it just added. goes into his outstretched arms. Like if he yeah. doesn't move and he's just sitting there and it just goes yeah. into his arms, you are the pitchforks yeah. are out, even yeah. against yeah. a player like Ray. It's like, yeah. what do you think? Yeah. And you know, I thought Adrian's uh, Heath's sorry uh, comments um, at the end of the match, right? Was the end of the match um, where he said, you know, uh, Taylor asked, or maybe it was John asked him, um, you know, what he thought. He said, well, that shows his confidence. And it, and it does. I mean, it, but at the same time, it could show his, you know, overconfidence. Like, I mean, if you, if you hit that, it's fantastic. If you miss that or like overshoot it by accident, or as Dave, you pointed out, Amelia gets it and doesn't move. Um, yeah. You look like an idiot, just a complete yeah. ass clown. So, yeah. um, I mean, it's, it was, it was impressive. I was a bit, shocked that he did that but i was shocked i think that's why i think that's why in our text i pulled out the cheeky because it's not that is not something i say on a regular basis (laughs) that might be the first time i've ever said it but use uh, it all the time dude yeah i was stunned i mean i was stunned i was i mean i just there's no way to put it i think it's safe to say we probably won't see that again this year, or if they're lucky enough to, to get no. into the playoffs, we won't see that again. The one thing I will say yeah. is I don't know. I was completely taking, taken by surprise. And I don't know why this was maybe is because I was out of the country for two months and didn't see all the matches too closely, but I was stunned to, to hear. And it's like, I needed a reminder. That was only the second PK attempt yeah. in the yeah. run of play that Minnesota has had. That blew and my there, mind. There, like, have been, there have been a handful of maybe there should have been. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, Abilas was the last one. Yep. Yeah, and that, and I, I clearly remember Abilas. He missed it mm-hmm. and then yep. had the rebound and scored. But, mm-hmm. yeah, when I heard that, I was like, wow, wow, what? This is only the second PK attempt? Yeah. In, uh, that, that really surprised me. But, Man, yeah, it was. Well, again, guys, we had a year where uh, – uh, uh, was it uh, DQ had like six or seven? Mm-hmm. Wasn't there a year where he like? I mean, it was t- it was a year. I don't. Oh know yeah, and he, I, rem- I know the year you t- yeah. it was twenty eighteen. Yeah. I think you're talking yeah. about. And he made he made most of them. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, guys, this puts us ahead two to one, and now awesome. the now the field is totally tilted our way. I mean, it, it's we should be moving forward, pressing, mm-hmm. getting another we goal were. here, and we were. It was. It, we're, yeah, we're going good. I think that like, like I like different. I was mm-hmm. like I was saying earlier, like the first five minutes, I wasn't feeling bad, mm-hmm. and then you, you you go down a goal to a Kansas City team, Sporting Kansas City team was who beat you four nil the last time you played. Yeah, not good, but even when they tied it up, starting to feel better. Okay, we got a new game, 
Minnesota had been playing well. Um, and then to go up two one, mm-hmm. fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. And then I only, only question was going into halftime. Are they going to be able to keep this up? Yep. You know, they, and we all agreed they need to keep this up. They can't go defensive. Well, I think everybody, most people would agree with that. The only thing that I like, my thought was, I almost had that feeling, you know, when, when Ray, you know, made the complete PK to, to go up two nil Minnesota. I, I had the feeling that the next, next goal wins, whether that was sporting Kansas city or Minnesota, I didn't know, but I was really, I was a hundred at the time. I was a hundred percent confident that there was going to be another goal scored in this game and or multiple goals actually at that time. And I felt, I really, I felt so strongly that if Minnesota could get that third goal, they would win the game. But at this, on the flip side, if, if SKC, if they could, if they tied it up, I, I honestly felt if SKT, SKC, sorry, tied it up, it, it was going to go their way. They were going to get the full three points. So I was really, I was still nervous, even with a lead. Well, and you should be, it's SKC, right? I mean, it's they, and it's Minnesota. You're right. It's Minnesota. But I think the main factor was that all those Ted Lasso fans were holding up their believe signs at the stadium. And I think that we were, we were going off that believe energy from Ted Lasso. Um, so yeah, we come out of the half guys and it's, it's the same. I mean, we, we have some momentum going on. Uh, I mean, it, it's great. Uh, we've got, uh, I mean, Chase Gasper had a header. He missed too high. Didn't have enough height on that, you know, which too yeah, bad that, for him. And that's that about if you're talking about Gasper's goal, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, credit to Gasper. I mean, he, he was in the right spot there and mm-hmm. unlucky for him. Yeah, you're right, Tony. He didn't mm-hmm. he didn't have the ups because that mm-hmm. I, I think that goal, I made the comment that, you know, it was nowhere. He, he was nowhere close to actually putting mm-hmm. it into the back of the net. But it, yeah. that play was close. If he could it get was. up another <clears throat> inch, he mm-hmm. might have you know been able to get the downward angle. You know, yeah. in the goal. Cool. And we guys, we had some we had some great attempts coming out of the half. I mean, yeah, we, we're, yeah. we were we're making some plays. And it makes you nervous at the same time, though, because like I felt like when you start the I for me, it was like okay, between 45 and 75, you know, the start of the half up for another 20, 25 minutes. That's where I was really looking for that third goal for Minnesota. And then I started to wonder after you get to the 75th, 80 minute, now do you maybe park the Bus bringing a Fernando. Adi, well, now hold bodies. on. We—that's my we, thought. That, I'm just trying to tell you my thought. We like, did I was very disappointing that they didn't get the third goal. But I was like in my mind, I, I don't think it turned out this way. I'm just telling you my thought process. I'm like, okay, you made it to the 80th minute. Now do you bring in your Fernando Adis, your bigger bodies, defend those corners? You know. But we we. Go- what did? I was going to say at that point, yeah, I think I think you do. I mean, you don't yeah. want to. You you have to time it right, and with with the way we are uh, going defensive, you have to consider. You don't want a whole lot of time on that clock, and I, I think yeah, the 80th minute's about where you want it to be. I, I think for us, but um, but I was more concerned about the fact that you know Verbing started making his his adjustments. Yes. Um, and it, you know, when the, in the 50 something minute, um, Shaloi came in and I was terrified at that point mm-hmm. because he's such a dynamic player and it, he's, he's even more 
I think he, it, what makes him so dangerous is he can come off the bench and not get a lot of minutes, and he can still make a significant impact. Um, yeah. And it, for me, I was really concerned. I don't remember when. Like I said, it was sometime after the 50th. I don't remember when it was. Fifty fourth, um, yeah, and, and that that also did make sense because it was they 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 took off their yellow carded player at the time. That's too. right. Yes, yep. that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So for me, I just felt like going in. All of a sudden, Vermi started making those adjustments. Um, you know, we we did respond with bringing Finley in for which I thought made sense. Which um, I which, agree. Which I agree with that. Which means we were still attacking. I mean, we were well, still right. attacked. Exactly. I mean, I, yeah. I think you look at, like, it's nice to get, I mean, if if you want, it's. I don't think it's just about fresh legs. I mean, I think you keep attacking Tony, to your point. You keep attacking, but you maybe you're trying something new. Yeah. You know, maybe, and I we, we've talked about this before, and they talked credit Twelman, you know, and St- David Sterling, you brought this up before, how in pr- two or three games prior that you were worried about Minnesota kind of clogging up the box with Luden and New and all these players that kind of want to go in, and but they end up clogging the box. So I felt like, yeah, I did like that option because when Finley comes in, let's just assume he's going to come in no matter what, you essentially have two options. You can either, I mean, there's more, but you could, you'd either bring him in for Lude on the right wing, mm-hmm. or you bring him from, bring him in for Hanu. Uh, you know, and and then shift Lude into that nine spot and bring right. Finley yeah. over to the right way. And, and yeah, I, that's what they did. I think I said at the time I, I like that approach. You know, to get because yeah, they had plenty made, of success with Lude up top. And it, you know, that that made the most sense. And I, I think Taylor brought it up that yeah. he said, you know, Finley's job is to just be just right. be direct, get down that flank, mm-hmm. and, and do that. And that was to what I was saying much earlier in the game, where what you just mentioned, you know. Lud and and Franco like to cut inside, and all of a sudden you've got three three Minnesota players with you know already two CBs, and then another who knows how many defenders are being pulled in because of those two getting getting in there, and it's just it's just a mess. It's, it it doesn't work, and that's the one thing that I've I've always harped on multiple times in this podcast about about Robin Wood playing on the right is he's fantastic on the right because he can cut in and he can take that shot with the left foot, but he constantly drifts into the middle because he likes to drift into the middle. And it, it's like when he was on the left, he stayed wide when he's on the right, he drifts in. And it's, it's so annoying because you have a single forward. His job is to be making these runs and getting the ball. And when you start pulling in wingers, or they don't belong necessarily. And then, yeah, it, and then it, like it clogs Lude, things up. Yeah, and it does. And Lude, and that's t- like we were talking about it. Lude, Lude, uh, his national team is Finland, correct? Right. Right. Yes, or, that's correct. That's yeah, correct. Fin- Finland. Um, he played in the 2020 Euros that just happened. You know, this prior early, mm-hmm. late spring, early summer, and he wasn't he a, a number nine for his national team? You know, uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's, I hope he's I'm not wrong, the, but if I am, the bottom line. He, I mean, he usually plays the nine, or he plays an inside. If it's a four-four-two, he plays that inside mm-hmm. right side. Yeah. I think, yeah. Anyway, I could be wrong about where he normally plays, but he definitely plays. He's not a stranger to playing he's in that central. nine. He's yeah, much more a, central. a central player, so that's where he's most comfortable. And that's David. You at your point. He drifts there if he's not starting in the central. He drifts there if he's playing on the yeah. right or left. 
Um, but yeah, so I like the substitution. So yeah, and yeah, I, very I sense. and instead of seeing you know Fernando D come in at the at the 70th minute, that was a much better substitution there. So yeah, well, so we get Finley and guys. Um, the big thing though was uh, three minutes later, Ozzy gets a yellow card. Mm-hmm. Now he's out. He's out this next. Oh. Week. Did you guys see this take? Let's talk about this one. I, I think it was Andy Greeter that po- posted a great gif. Just to, if it wasn't today, it was yesterday. Andy Greeter, uh, he posted a great gif that just, I mean, basically, we'll, and we'll talk about it later, but basically saying that Ozzy Alonso's yellow card was pretty soft. Tony, you mentioned it that. Was, it was soft. Yeah. Very um, soft. But his uh, credit to Andy Greeter, <laughs> like if you watch the gif, like whether – Ozzy stepped on his foot or not, we don't need to argue about that. But the point was that Andy's point was he came up grabbing the opposite foot than he yeah. would have stepped on. Yeah. So like, yeah, basically it was soft is what well, he was saying. Yeah. And, this, and you said, Tony, at, when you said minutes after you watched it, Tony, you said it was soft. And this kind of starts, guys, the bad refing of the rest of this game. This right well, here was the trigger for the refs to get involved in this game and make just stupid calls um, and really throw this game out of whack for the next 20 minutes because, frankly, it became a shit show, okay? Mm, right. Um, so, let's, guys, let's move on to, I think it was, uh, Kinda got the foul on Fragapani. Fragapani was pissed off at that point. Ooh. He Frag- was pissed. And then Fragapane, like minutes later, well, um, yeah, I mean, goes, at, yeah, goes five, after five, Johnny, minutes, yeah. goes after Johnny Russell and makes a well, bad right. foul. And this but, is, you know, like, and his foul wasn't really that bad, honestly. After you look at it again, it was not that bad. But it they gave me, gave me just, just, just to back up. So, are you talking about like Kinda's foul on Fragapane? Like Kinda, mm-hmm. like his, like a. His they they were going absurd like basically after that play like we, I think this is where what is everybody so pissed off about like right. yeah. Heath, Adrian yeah. Heath was like a man possessed so was Frank Apone you like, know why but you know why you want well I know why well, I, I, I really don't know why I mean I, I, know, well, I suggested I, that I didn't know maybe why. they thought it was last defender that's what that, I think that's like, what he thought it doesn't make any sense but oh, that's what he thought. It's the only explanation because yeah, and you, it was completely wrong. And it was wrong, yes, because I don't think Fragapane saw the guy way out to the left who was the defender who was way back. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think Fragapane I mean, saw that. So, yeah, but at, but real time, it was like we're all watching. I mean, Connor was at the game. We can get his mm-hmm. thoughts later, maybe. But like, I'm watching the broadcast. Watching the broadcast, I could not tell, and it was driving me nuts. I'm like, what mm-hmm. is going on? Why are they so mad? Yeah. Because I couldn't see. I didn't see the last defender thing. I was just, it was driving me nuts. Like you guys need to settle down because it was at that moment. I think even I even made the comment. I think it was after Frank Aponte's foul, actually, Tony, that you referenced that I'm like, I'm getting concerned here because the last thing that Minnesota needs right now going into decision day is losing, say, Frank Aponte, you know, due to another yellow card or something, some stupid yellow card where he's, you know, pushes a ref or argues with a ref or anything that could happen. When yeah. the emotions start to boil, I mean, Dave, I know you have another take, but I was—I'm just going to say—I was getting concerned at that moment. Um, I'm—I was worried. I was thinking they should take him off the field because he was pissed off. So, yeah, you know, I—I uh, I, I think I, I love it. I said it in my text. I, I love this fire. Um, you know, I think we need more of that. But at the same time, I want to know if there's something 
um, South American or Argentine mm -hmm. that is in his gesture. Like he's constantly flipping his hand up in the air yeah. when he was arguing. And I was like, okay, are you, are you doing a card gesture or are you, is that like a, is that just like a hand gesture that you, that you Ray, because watch out. You I don't want to like, do the, the VAR. Right, Ray, yeah. and I was Ray like, does the same thing though. Right. And that's that. what, that's what kind of made me wonder, like, is that actually, are they, is that just like a, a gesture that is commonplace? It could be. Yeah, what are you doing? What are you the, doing? The referee was really good at holding back because Franco did it like eight times. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, either the referee understands what's going on. Cause obviously we can't tell what he's saying. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's interesting you know, because the he, referee gets it or he's being really, really generous. Cause we've seen this before. We know that MLS has a rule against doing the VAR right. gesture, right. but I don't know yeah. if they have a rule against doing the throw a card, throw a card. Gesture. Right. You know, and at the same time, like we all have said, you know, there was obviously a yellow. So if he's doing the throw a card, I mean, he's gotta be asking for red. Yeah. And then it's like, well, what was the red? It wasn't a red. Um, oh, and he, and and he so to Tony, to your point, he probably didn't see that. No, defender. he didn't. And, and, and I get that it's spur of the moment type of thing. Didn't see a defender wanted a red for last defender. Wasn't going to get it. Got, I mean, he got a yellow for it. So it is what it is. Um, but again, this started the whole I mean, the, the, the thing, the thing, yeah, Tony, sorry to interrupt, but the thing that, inter that really got me going was because you could tell that, that yellow card was not a run of play foul. It was not a foul that Frank Aponte needed to make. It was a foul. It was a frustration foul. Well, yeah, his yellow, his yellow card against Johnny Russell oh, yeah. was a total. I'm pissed off. And that's what bothered. I'm going to, I'm going to do something stupid. And guess what? Yes. It was a bad foul. Not as bad as we thought it and was, I think but that's it was a bad foul. But think, I think about that's this. That's the only reason it was a yellow. Yeah, but think about yeah. this. Honestly, I think the referee it was deliberate. Saw it. it was just yeah, deliberate. Think deliberate. about this. Think about this, guys. If it's a red card, I mean, he's out for the rest of the game. He's out next game too. Well, that, um, and that's why I said at that moment, I'm like, get him off. I literally texted, get him off the pitch now. Cooler has prevailed. Yeah, but, I mean, that's what I was. My my that's my warning flags went up. I was like, oh my gosh, don't do it, don't do it. Get him off the field. He's losing it. Fortunately. Everybody that's listening to this has probably watched the game. Didn't happen, but yeah, things continue to get worse. Tony, what happened well, next? Well, and here's where it gets really fucked up: is that you get uh, Dia comes came on two minutes before uh, Fragapane's yellow card. So then Dia goes right through Ray. I mean, right through, and it's it's totally not even on the ball type of play here. The ball the, is yeah, it is it is so bad. It's and the, the ugliest foul I've seen in a long time. It is Taylor Twelman is is irate on the broadcast saying this should be a red card every day of the week, and the refs throw a yellow card out there. A and then yellow, they don't even review it. And they don't even review it. Was, it. Yeah. it was brutal. The worst thing about this card was not just how how I mean it was clearly late. It was clearly flagrant. Clearly, just an ugly foul. But then. To you know, add injury onto insult. Literally, I mean, if you look at what it did to Reynoso's leg, yeah, I mean, it was a brutal foul. So now, now, I mean, you potentially, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but I mean, now you ten, potentially don't have Reynoso out for the next for you know for decision day because he had to leave uh, due to right. injury just immediately after that. 
This now, was a payback. This was a payback foul, Dave. This was a this was a blatant payback foul. This was a hockey type of foul here. Uh, it, there's no question to that, and no question yeah. at all. Yeah. So it, it was brutal. So I, 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 I don't. We can. I, I really think. I really think that. I, I mentioned this to um, our friend Nicholas Bisbee on on Twitter uh, just earlier today. He was brought in. Dio was brought in to cause <laughs> that foul. Yeah. Like they needed to shut Ray down. Yeah. And that was why he was brought in because because Nicholas pointed out that Dia is rarely used. That's right. He he doesn't he he when he is used, it's very short term on the mm-hmm. spur moment type thing. And I and I told him, I'm like, I responded to him, I said, as soon as he came in and it it, it just looked like he was gunning for Ray the entire what three minutes before that foul happened. Yep. And his whole his sole purpose, I I would Bet on me said go in there and shut Ray down. That is exactly what he was meant to do, and that's the only reason he was in there. Because I knew if he if he if he gets a red, who cares? We don't use him that much. We don't use him, yeah. And that's again, that's what I'm talking about with hockey is you bring in your enforcers to do the exact same thing. Yep, yep. But this isn't hockey. Yeah. And that, that that's what this was this is I mean, it was just such an ugly foul to watch. And of course you're gonna see the replays and they showed it over and over and yeah. just like just how deliberate it was and how but I mean never I mean then that's why everybody was just incest, like and the mm-hmm. the the frustration was building ever since you know um ever you know it, it had been building for minutes like you had described, Tony. And then to get to this point, this was mm-hmm. like the fucking end of it be i'm sorry we're already explicit but it was the end of it because not Fuck. only not now i finally understand the frustration that's going on yeah. probably on both sidelines but especially minnesota's because like that was just they wanted a red they should have had a red i mean everybody you can go back and watch the replay it should have been a red it wasn't yeah. it's just so frustrating and i mean i want to back up a little bit and I think I made reference to it because we here's here's the thing I'm thinking about going into decision day a week away, basically, is uh, prior to that. We didn't even mention it. Ozzy Alonzo or we did mention his did. yellow. I'm sorry. Yeah. What we did. We mention the fact that because of accumulation that he's going to miss the next match. Yeah. We, we didn't I don't think that, we yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we okay, did. We mentioned we did. that. So now you potentially have you're without Ozzy and you're potentially without Ray. I mean, it's, it's disturbing. Like I'm, he, yeah. I should say, I mean, Ray was able to like walk off the pitch, but he like was. you don't know, you don't know, like well, that doesn't tell you anything. Adrenaline can do a lot of shitty yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I'm I'm actually shocked, guys, that this didn't turn into fisticuffs on the pitch. Um, that 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 our team, the Loons, actually held back and did not go after anybody on SKC for what well, happened. There. And to your a good point, Tony, and maybe that's a good sign. I mean, yeah. maybe Ray escaped serious injury because if I, I think if Ray maybe in the moment thought he could have a serious like knee ligament injury on that play, which he could have. You watch the replay. Right. I'm done. I'm done <clears throat> watching. I'm not going to watch it anymore because it's just mm-hmm. it's gruesome. But like if he maybe had a feeling that his knee was shot, I think. I think there would have been some re- like oh, I significant so. blow-ups. So. Yeah. So I, maybe that's a good sign that there wasn't a massive retaliation. Well, Obviously, and, you know, maybe frustrating. it's a good sign that they didn't react anyway, because yeah. we've been prone to react lately. Um, we have been, yeah. And, and so the fact that they didn't suggest that mm-hmm. 
maybe Heath had a conversation with players said, guys, you gotta, you gotta cut tone this down. Shit out. Yeah. I mean, especially yeah. after Romaine's red card. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it'll, it, it'll, It'll be interesting to watch, uh, you know, we're recording this uh, on Monday night, so we don't really know anything. So it's hard to, I don't want to speculate. It just looked terrible, but hopefully he's all right. You just don't know, but it'll so. be interesting as this week progresses towards Sunday, at least, you know, mm-hmm. the game's not Saturday. It's not Wednesday, it's Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be interesting to, to watch the training uh, reports to see uh, what, if anything, Ray's doing and who knows, he might be out there right now, not right now, but you know, tomorrow practicing and, I hope he is, but it'll be interesting to watch those reports as the week goes on. So, guys, this game finishes after that whole flurry of uh, yellow cards and bullshit. We get the victory, okay? Two to one over SKC. Massive, huge, fantastic. Did what we needed to do. We jump then into, I think, fifth place. Yeah, we're fifth. Fifth place, right? Now, to be fair, as we record on, uh, what is it? 745 central time we are we're sitting in fifth place which it it doesn't really say a whole lot so you jump three spots mm-hmm. um the fact is we should mention that uh la galaxy are going to be kicking off in just over an hour against mm-hmm. us seattle so go seattle well i think right. seattle again you're talking about seattle and skc oh yeah they're they're, right they're, the, on. they're at the top well, along with so, colorado so those three teams are up there yeah, you talk, Tony. You talk about motivation. So mm-hmm. if 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 SKC would have would have managed to get even a point, or let's you know even managed to win, then Seattle's mm-hmm. kind of like under the gun. But now Seattle should be looking at this game against LA Galaxy, who are sitting at forty six points, just yep. just barely above the playoff line, like every yep. other team, <laughs> every other team in the West. So yep. Seattle now is ultra motivated because they're smelling blood. You know they can they they can actually overtake Kent, Sporting Kansas City tonight, yep. uh, and jump into that first spot, That's which right. is huge because Tony, you referenced it. Only the one seed would get a bye, and then essentially have three weeks off before their first playoff game after the you regular know, season ends. And a win tonight would not only obviously give them the three points up, but it gives them the tiebreaker. Yep, um, they're both tied at seventeen. And in fact, Colorado's at 16. So yep. to be able to get that extra win would they be did. huge for Seattle going into decision yep. day. Yeah. And I know, I know we're going to get into this, but you know, the funny thing is, so let's let's just say I know every Minnesota United fan is is rooting for Seattle tonight, and let's hope it goes Seattle's way. But let's say that even if Seattle does win, it doesn't uh, make things well, it makes things easier. Let's say that, but it's still Minnesota is still sitting in precur- in a precarious spot because, uh, of course, Minnesota plays LA Galaxy on decision day. So let's say best case scenario, LA Galaxy loses. They do not move in the table tonight. They sit at forty six points. But guess what? They host Minnesota next Sunday, and mm-hmm. if LA Galaxy beats Minnesota, then they jump. You know, into forty nine points. Minnesota sits at forty eight. And there's some midweek, there's some other midweek games going on. Uh, I guess bottom line is very, even if LA Galaxy loses tonight, they can still overtake Minnesota on Sunday. Right. With you know, win. and uh, your had uh, prior to the win, we were at 43% playoff chance. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And now after the win, we're at 74%. Yep. So that's so, good. I mean, that's, that's big, but I think if LA 
I bet that only goes up like 76%. I mean, it's not that's, yeah. much. That's an interesting perspective, David. So like, and I, I, I didn't see that tweet, but I saw one a few days ago. So prior to Vancouver, prior to Vancouver's result, the loss against Vancouver, Minnesota was sitting at 59%. And so with the loss at Vancouver, they dropped to 43. Yeah. And so it's nice to see them bounce up into that 74%, you said? Yeah, 74, yeah. And you like those odds, but that's assuming, I think that's basically assuming that Minnesota could potentially, Tony, you've been saying it for weeks now, back into the playoffs with even a draw. I, yes. I, I would love to see a scenario where Minnesota, Minnesota could make the playoffs with a loss at the Galaxy next weekend, but I'm not counting on that. I'm expecting at least, at the very least, a draw is needed. And I should say, Probably most people, again, know this, but the only thing that we know now sitting here on Monday, uh, the Monday before decision day Sunday, is that if Minnesota wins, if Minnesota beats LA Galaxy on Sunday, they are in the playoffs. That is a given. That's a fact. That's the only Uh, thing we know, though. We need to, you know, and with our goal difference being so bad, I think we need to win because if you get a draw, I don't see how we would not end up losing a tiebreaker because of our goal difference. Like yeah, if it makes big... it that far down the line. Yeah, but the problem is like every, so poor. the problem is like almost every team, including LA Galaxy, who plays tonight against Seattle, like we said, almost every team has a game in hand. So I when, mean, things are going to shake up quite a bit before well, yeah. decision day even it, comes in. It's play. really it's a win and you're in type of scenario, guys. Yeah. Well, that's the well, only that's... thing we know. Let's talk about the fun stuff, though. Okay, let's talk about fourth place because there's an actual real possibility we could get in the fourth place here. No, slow down. Slow down. (laughs) Hold on a second. Well, hold on. Listen, RSL plays Portland on, what is it, Wednesday night. Okay, RSL is fighting for a playoff spot like we are. They're below the playoff line. Need to beat Portland. If they can beat Portland, RSL can, on Wednesday night, we go into our – competition against the galaxy needing a win and Portland ends up playing Seattle on decision day. Who's going to need a win. Who's going to need a win anyways. So we we have a real possibility here to get in fourth place guys. We do. That is a possibility with a win. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. so how, how, okay, Tony, David, how do you want to play this? Let's um, let's in that scenario. Like, are you, how do you want to? Yeah. It's, it's a question of like, should you be rooting for Portland or should no. you be rooting for RSL? Yeah, you root for the everybody question. below us. Everybody below yeah. us. You root I for mean, RSL. It's, it's the reality. I, yeah. I think because it, it, it's well, Tony, like you said, it's it's a win you're in. Yep. There's no other. There's no but, other thing to look at other than well, a victory yeah. against LA here, Galaxy. Here, so who cares I mean, what may, happens below you? David, maybe it's because I'm sitting here in Minnesota, but it's just the outlook. Like, it, are you? It's either are you just happy making the playoffs or are you going to go for it? And, oh, you no, know, no, no, no. For, oh, for me? Because you know where I'm – well, I'm just – my point is if Portland wins, yes, then that home field playoff game is out of reach, so that's literally. Yeah. But, but maybe perhaps you have – Tony, like you've been talking about for weeks, maybe then if, if RSL loses to Portland, Portland secures that fourth spot – but now with Portland losing, maybe Minnesota has a better RSL chance of just losing. backing in to the playoffs, well, no, even with a, a draw. Let's not no. let's not play no, that we, game. We, it's we your, can't back it's in. Your we can't back in. No. We can't. Okay, well, that was the question I was asked. Yeah. Can't do it. That, I, that I was mean, the question it, I was it's, asked. For, for me, it's – and it, I think – I don't know if I've told you guys this. I think I have. For me, maybe it was just Johnny I told us. 
Um, for me, if we don't win the first match of the playoffs, I still want Heath gone. I don't, he, yeah. for, for me, the playoffs is not enough at this point. No. We need to come close to replicating what we did last year. Mm-hmm. We have to. I, I don't give a shit about the playoffs. Well, I, I don't, I I don't care. Yeah. I, I, for me, it's, it's not about the playoffs. It's okay. about getting as far in the playoffs as you can. Mm-hmm. And so quite frank, yeah, sorry. I, 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 I say we have to cheer for everyone below us. Mm-hmm. And we have to win, and we have to win decisively, and that's it. That's right. the only option. Okay, and and I thanks for answering my question because that's that's exactly the question I was asking. Where, but and and I should the follow up would be what is your confidence level? But before I say that, I mean, I think that's why I brought it up because you look at it two ways: are you happy with just backing into the playoffs and making it with a draw, or that? So you answered my question. Uh, yeah. Thank you. So what is, what is your follow-up? What is your confidence level knowing that we are playing LA Galaxy on the weekend? I, you know, I, I think we, we beat LA Galaxy this season. Um, I think we're going into a what, sixth straight? No, not fifth straight match of having our front four. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think every, I mean, even in our loss against Vancouver, as I already said, it, we looked fantastic. It was Everything about that loss was shitty because of the way we played. We should have won. We're at that point. We're a step away. We're that pass away from being the team that we were supposed to be this entire fucking season. Awesome. It's, it's on my confidence level. I think at this point, I'm fairly confident. I mean, 75%. That we can go into LA, we can go into Carson, not LA, we can go into Carson and we can beat them and we can beat them by multiple goals. Mm-hmm. All right, well said. It's whether or not, it, it, of course, that all comes back to whether or not we can actually finish it. Yeah. Back well, to Tony, well, back to his luck. But yeah, I, yeah, I'm well, fairly confident we can do that. All right, well said, because that would be the way you want to go in the playoffs. You, you know, you're talking about just four days ago. Uh, Minnesota sitting outside the playoff line in that eighth, eighth position. But if Minnesota could finish with six points, beating, you know, sporting Kansas City and beating a playoff contender in LA Galaxy, that would be a hell of a way to go into those playoffs. Well, it would be a game potentially depending on how things well, go. Again, it's crazy how things could end up. It is. And, and the- either outside, completely outside the playoff line or hosting a game, it's but all the- open. But the Portland losses would just be icy on the cake, really. I mean, you right. need to win next Sunday. It doesn't matter what happens to Portland yeah. against RSL on Wednesday night. It doesn't matter what happens with Portland. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a Seattle. minute. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, it doesn't really matter. It's it's we win, we're in. That's the right. deal, right? I mean, that's that's the way that, it works. That's what I focus on. That's what I focus yeah. on. At least we know that. At least we yeah. and technically we knew that prior to uh the the sporting Kansas City match. Yeah, I mean that being said, if we beat Sporting Kansas City, we knew we'd be mm-hmm. winner in. We knew that six points would get you in. And but I'm gonna say this right it's, now. It's a lot of confusing math with the tiebreakers, but I'm gonna say this right now. We lose Sunday. And we're out of the playoffs. I would expect that either Sunday night or Monday morning, we would see a statement from the loon saying Heath is no longer our manager. I'll, I'll tell you what, if I, I'm going to set the odds at that, I'll, I'll I, honestly, like if I'm trying to, because to, David, you, you brought it up earlier, Tony, you're bringing it up now. I, I, I mean, quite frankly, there's a lot of 
followers, a lot of hardcore supporters of this team, longtime fans that feel exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, and David, you made the point that not only making the playoffs, we need to win a playoff game. There's a, there's a lot of longtime supporters that feel exactly the same way that you do. Um, I'm gonna set the I'm gonna set the betting odds at if the Minnesota play minute if let's say minute worst worst case scenario they don't win on Sunday, they do not make the playoffs as a result, and I, I would put the over under on. Heath getting fired, I mean, at like 50%. Because I don't think there's any, I don't think any, we, we've heard nothing, not surprising. We don't hear a lot out of the front office, but we've heard nothing to say otherwise. We, we, you know, there's nothing to suggest otherwise, other than the fans complaining. Um, Heath hashtag Heath out. We've seen that a few times this year on Twitter. They don't, they don't really care about yeah. the fans anyway. So, but I, I'm still, I'm not personally convinced that uh, Heath would be fired if they don't wow. make the playoffs. But I wouldn't be surprised either way. That's why I set the bar at 50 50. So, right. I, I just wouldn't be surprised either way. They yeah, don't care. And like I said earlier, I, I don't know that he would be either. But yeah, in my personal view, if we don't make the playoffs, he needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah, he needs to and, go. And you know what? I, and I if kinda, we don't win game one, he needs to be done. That's right. I at least agree with not making the playoffs. He needs to be done. And and it's a, it's a win-based business. You've got to have the results. He had what he wanted, Tony, to your credit, saying that he had his team. Um, they brought in. They've spent money. They've spent a lot of money over the last couple of seasons. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you need – it's a results-driven business. Bottom line, right. if they do not make the playoffs – uh, I totally would. I would be fine with his firing at the end of the season, but we'll and, uh, but, but again, hopefully we won't have to deal with that. Hopefully no. they beat LA Galaxy on decision day, and then no. we just go from there. And again, we're going to have a lot to talk about uh, after decision day next week. Uh, the plan is to do our podcast right after decision day, when they end. Talk about all that. Get it out there. So we're on board hopefully it's a win and we're talking about playoffs if it's a loss we're uh pissed off we're drinking and uh heath is out so um before we get out here guys uh again no connor today so no minnesota history soccer history um so you got that but i do have one funny story to get out to do before we get out of here guys and um it's about uh testicles is that, is that okay with you guys? Oh, what testicles? Yeah. Sorry, I was still looking at the standings, trying to figure out the math and well, yeah. Happen, but... Well, you could go. Yeah, I'm I'm an accounting Dave. I can't figure the math out myself. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I can't either. I can't either. Ridiculous, right? Uh, so guys, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, something called the testicle bath birth control device earns the Germany's Dyson Prize, which is a big, I guess, prize in Germany. Uh, inventors or something like that. Um, a German inventor's unique ultrasound testicle bath, a birth control device for men, took the top prize at the country's James Dyson Awards. Uh, Rebecca Weiss, who is an industrial design graduate from the University of Munich, an inventor of the COSO, so COSO male birth control device, was named the winner. Uh, which celebrates, encourage, uh, encourages, and inspires designers of new problem-solving ideas. The COSO uses an ultrasound, ultrasound testicle bath to temporarily stop sperm mobility. Okay. The, 
The device only needs to be used every few months to keep the sperm inert and prevent uh, things from happening during sex, right? Mm. Weiss said the inspiration for the device came after she was diagnosed with uh, cervical cancer, uh, which had been tied to oral contraceptives. And her and her partner were looking into alternative methods, and uh, she decided to create an alternative method, a male birth control device. So my question to you guys is, would you use the testicle bath for birth control? Short answer, um, no. Yeah. After listening to your story, I just don't trust it. Yeah. I, I trust well, it. yeah, what exactly does it mean? Well, I mean, is, it like, is it like an ultrasonic jewelry cleaner where it's like a... Yeah. So I don't, so so what I've seen I, of the what I've seen of the device, guys, is it's like a little it's like looks like a little bath for your for your balls. And yeah. you dip your balls in there and then uh, with water and then the ultrasonic waves stop your sperm from doing their thing. Yeah, so to be fair, I mean from a I mean, I'm not worried about pain or anything like that. I'm worried about the effect in the like I would try it, right. but I wouldn't yeah. believe that yeah. it would actually it, work. It I think one a little kooky. Yeah. I think one yeah. would get past the goalkeeper, so to speak. You think at so? least one. Well, you mean, like somebody it's gonna happen to. I yeah. mean it might as well be Dave. I mean well <laughs> I suppose I was the point. We're not sure if it's happened before with Dave. I mean, he could have, I'm telling you, he could have a kid out there around the world. We don't know. Right, Dave? I mean, I mean, for true, for the record, I'm pretty sure it hasn't happened, but yeah, we don't know. I get what you're saying, but yeah, from, from a birth control point of view, I wouldn't trust it. I just, yeah, you know, I'm not worried about the pain, but I wouldn't worry. I, well, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any pain involved. I, it's, no, it's, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm not worried about that part of it. I just don't, it, I'm worried about the effectiveness. Like, is that it, makes me, you know, the fact that there is no pain involved makes me yeah. question it more. Well, it's ultrasound. Yeah. I mean, it's ultrasound type of deal. I so. know, yeah. but it's With still male, like, there should be some pain involved if you're going to be 100% sure, right? Really? I mean, yeah, totally. I think so. So like like a donkey at least kick. a weekend's worth of pain if you know what like, I'm saying. Like so if right. like like you could have a donkey kick you in the balls every day for a couple of weeks and then it wouldn't that would probably do it actually that would work <laughs> right? that would <laughs> I mean donkey could yeah, just I mean, kick it, me let's go <laughs> I, I you know I if you think about the the same concept of of a vasectomy right I mean it's yeah there's pain involved in that because mm-hmm. of what they're doing obviously mm-hmm. so. If you're not, you know, I just feel like there's got to be, I, I wouldn't trust it. Yeah. I, I, again, I, I saw the story. I'm like, really? I mean, really think this works? I mean, she must have tests done. I mean, I'm not going to be the first one. Very, I'm not going to be the first one. To yeah. I would that. expect a very, very large sample size before I would trust it. Yeah. Her. Yeah. I mean, there's other very, ways, there's other ways to go about it, really. I mean, it, this thing isn't like knocking them out for like the rest of your life. It's just like making them lazy, really. Is what right. And, and what, how? So it said every couple months. Few oh, months. She, she said that you had to do it. Uh, let's see here. Uh, da, 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 every few every months, hour. Every few months. Not every okay, hour. So how? Okay. How do you know? I mean, what if? What if it's like the cutoff is. Uh, 12 or 11 weeks and you go 12 like well, how do they know how do they know that that space i mean if they say three months i'm going two because um 
you that, have that, that last month could be really gray. I mean, yet I mean, again, how do you know how lazy the sperm are going to be? I mean, right. Maybe you, you don't know. Active. You know, maybe you have hyperactive. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, that's what, what I'm concerned about. There's like, there's probably hundreds of you know sperm. Like, it, it only takes wow. one to get Thousand. through. There's thousands, but there's thousands. There's, but I wouldn't say thousands. There's, a, but there's probably tens or at my, least a hundred. My well, okay. But I'm just, kidding. <laughs> just, I'm just kidding. Hey, Dave's a chemical engineer. He knows science. Um, my thing is, is like, how do you know they're lazy? Like, if you you stop hearing like Grateful Dead music coming from your groin, does that mean they're not lazy anymore? I mean, I mean, is that the deal? Okay, so there's there's 15 million. Oh, on the bottom oh. scale. Oh, all shit. right. So we know that's wrong. 15 shit. million. Shit. Maybe a hun- I'll believe a thousand. Maybe. Well, most likely a hundred. Uh, uh, you have low sperm count if you have fewer than fifteen million per milliliter. Yeah, okay. All right. That's a that's a shit ton. That's things. a lot. That's a lot. I knew the number. I, I was I was being facetious right, yeah. when I was saying that, but I no. yeah I would not have guessed fifteen million. That is yeah, much higher than I would have. I mean, guessed. really, guys. This this sounds kind of like what I used to do after my second kid was just sitting by the microwave in my underwear. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's really, there's really no difference to it, right? I mean, were you, were you no. straddling it like a no? Just yeah. over no, I was, I was, I was not doing the Randy Marsh. Do you guys ever? You guys watch South Park? I have. I, I, I do. Did you guys ever I, see the one where he? So he wanted to get medical marijuana because it was available in Den in uh, Colorado, right? Yeah. And so, like, well, what's the easiest cancer to get? It was testicular cancer from radio waves or microwaves or whatever. So he's putting his balls in the microwave and then he gets super huge balls <laughs> and he I, bounces on them. Like the bouncy things. It's like, but, yeah. And I, yeah, I, to, I feel like there are better ways to get a hold of marijuana than well, yeah, and giving to, yourself to, cancer. Yeah. To bring it all back, Tony, I feel like that would be a more effective birth control than the bath. Oh, so I think so point. too. I yeah. think so too. I mean, I, I don't have any more kids, so it must be working, right? I mean, I mean, come on. Or it's the fact there's other factors in play, but not to go into that. But um, but anyway, a few things I feel like saying, but I won't. Let's just uh, we'll better, better wrap it up. Yeah. 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 So uh, again, guys, uh, maybe in the near future, we'll see the Cazo at our local stores as a male birth control device. Maybe walking to CVS and there is. Well, you'll be right next to the uh, the, the condoms and there'll be the Cazo right there. So, uh, anything else you guys want to talk about before we get out of here? Covered everything uh, I wanted to I think say. We're good to I go. Think, uh, just so exciting coming into this final week and decision day is going to mean something. We, mean, we thought it would, but uh, it definitely is big. The, the range big. of outcomes is is significant. Big from home playoff game to not making the playoffs. Big yeah. fucking game next week, guys. Big fucking game. And I will tell you this. If we actually make the playoffs and have a home game, I'm fairly certain Dave and I will be there. Dave? That's a safe there. assumption. That is a safe very up. safe assumption, yes. David, yeah. you will not because you're in Florida now. So you can't go. If, if uh, we make the Western Conference Finals, and it's a home match, I'd probably be there. 
Okay. Well, there you go. Especially, especially because the two of you, uh, you went to the one and only, um, I shouldn't say we one did. and only, I'm sorry, but you went to the first playoff game. Well, the um, one that you could actually go to. Yeah. Yes. Know. Right. Yeah. Right. The, yeah. the, the game that fans could attend, you both attended that game. I was unable to. But yeah, make no mistake if somehow, I mean, it's far from certain, but if some if chips fall where they may and Minnesota somehow winds up with a home playoff game, yeah, yeah I'd say the odds are very good I'd be there. For I'll be sure. there. Yeah. Um, so great. Uh, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. You have some scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Myself, Tony, for Dave and David. We will talk to you guys right after the game next week, Decision Day 2021. Hopefully Connor's back. We'll have all four of us talking about that, and hopefully it's a win. So we'll talk to you hopefully guys next week. Hopefully it'll be a fun podcast and not a bummer yeah. podcast, but we're committing to this right now, so we're doing it yeah. either way, right? Yeah, we're doing it. Yeah. So uh, I mean, might be completely wasted. Potentially. There's a there's good yeah. potential for that. Yeah. At least we drink beer in the podcast. I mean, that, that's no secret, so. If they lose, I might switch over sure. to whiskey. <laughs> yeah, I may have to do a Florida whiskey. Yeah, I might do that. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Sounds good. See ya.